Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear hero story. Happy birthday to you. Are you one? Yeah, stop. <laughs> We're one years old. Yay! <laughs> Officially. Happy anniversary to a hero story and happy 50th and happy 50th anniversary. 50th episode <laughs> anniversary. Uh, it is two milestones in one. We have been doing the podcast for a year now. Crazy because it feels like we just started. So <laughs> Yeah, we've skipped, I think, three weeks in total. One around Christmas time, one around finals week, and one just recently. So then we got the 50th episode on the one year, and yeah. Here we yeah, are. It's funny. Not, I, too many, not too many weeks where we miss. Yeah. A year ago today, we recorded the first episode, and we were talking about Doomsday Clock. And now <laughs> we're recording the 50th episode, and later on in the show, we're going to be talking about Doomsday Clock. So I guess the delays uh, maybe, made something good happen. Maybe for our two-year anniversary, Doomsday Clock will still be going. <laughs> yeah. We'll be talking about Doomsday Clock number 11. It'll be great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the podcast has been going for a long time. Uh, for anyone who knows the origins of the podcast, it's a funny one because we were on a live stream and somebody as a joke goes, you guys should do a podcast. And me and Hunter took it way too seriously. We're like, yeah, we should. Yep. So we went out, we bought microphones and we're like, yeah, let's do this. And we you know, reached out to some podcasters, got some advice and voila, a hero story was born. There's been some missteps along the way. There's been, uh, it took us a while to get on, you know, different uh streaming services but it's a lot easier than we thought it would be yep but uh (laughs) but uh yeah here we are now so uh we have a pretty good listener base i think and uh yeah i've been very happy to run the podcast i'm gonna talk more about that at the end you know i won't get too emotional yet but uh yeah let's get uh right into the episode yeah well this episode's gonna be a little different since it's number 50 uh i don't know if we did anything different on number 25 that was a while ago but number 50 here we are going to be making a little bit longer episode we're not going to really rush anything we have four big comics that came out this week that we're going to get to near the i guess the third half of this uh the third quarter i should say of this episode where we're talking about doomsday clock number 10 the heroes in crisis finale uh scott snyder and greg capello's their final batman story or quote-unquote final last night on earth (laughs) And one more. Oh, the Leviathan event, which is Bendis' first. Yeah, Leviathan. whatever. <laughs> it's Brian Michael Bendis, creator of Miles Morales, first DC Comics event. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, yeah, we read them. We're going to talk about them later. Before that, we're going to be talking about some news of the week. There's actually a lot since we missed last week's episode. So we'll be talking about a lot of DC and Marvel comics news. And be- before that, we asked on our Instagrams, Combo Hunter and History of the Flash, to send us some questions. Just about anything comic related and podcast related, and we got some replies. So we're going to be um, kind of shouting out the people that we picked their questions. We already have them all selected here. We're going to talk about them, give them your answers, and bada boom, bada bing. Anything you want to add? Now let's get right to the questions. Cool. All right. Uh, first question. Let's start with this one from. Uh-oh. Name pronunciation time. <laughs> Miguel underscore B one one five nine three five. That sounds like it's a barcode. Yeah, uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> what is your favorite episode of the podcast and why? So JD, you start. What's your favorite episode of a hero story this past year? 
So I like a lot of episodes, but I guess the easy answer is the Joshua Williamson interview. It was so badass just to talk to a comic book writer. And um, he was like a big nerd, which was awesome. Like uh, I've talked to a few people about this over DM. Uh, before the episode even started, he saw I had a poster on my wall of the Flash number 123. And he goes, oh, that's awesome. You want to see my Flash 123? And me and Hunter are like, uh, yeah. So he shows <laughs> us He shows us his, like he goes into his collection with his, you know, uh, camera, whatever. And he's like, pulls out flash 123 and he's like yeah you know i got it it's pretty awesome and uh he was telling us all about how he'd like to own showcase number four the first appearance of barry allen and uh yeah it was just like showing us some of his collection of trades and action figures and it was badass and i was yeah, like wow he, this is awesome he had a lot of flash like statues just lined up and it was really yeah. cool to see because we usually we start off the thing with video chat and he wasn't on video chat at first but jd and i were it was kind of yeah. awkward at first. <laughs> We're just staring at this screen, and then he comes on, and it's like, whoa, he's real. And he started showing off his collection to us, and it was great. Yeah, it was awesome. That's probably my favorite, too, just having like an actual writer on and we hope to have more writers on in the future i know a lot of people have been asking if we're going to get another writer we wanted tom king at one point but dc comics was like <laughs> eh, he's kind of busy we're like okay we, we, yeah we also tried for brian michael bendis and they were like yeah uh maybe not yet but maybe eventually so maybe one day yeah, um, we're trying i think we're maybe pushing a little too high right now but <laughs> yeah i might have to go a little bit lower but i am trying to get uh i've talked to several writers over dm and several creators over dm and i'm always working on trying to get you guys an interview because you know i just think it'd be awesome to do uh, yeah i think it would josh will someone pretty well so we're working on it until yeah. then like uh you're stuck with me and jd and occasionally <laughs> real world of flash <laughs> so yeah uh yeah we have instagram guests here and there so besides that i really like the guest episodes we've had like i said real world flash we've had world of Mura, we've had comic prince uh those are just it's kind of fun to have three people on here instead of just us two and just discuss the latest things coming out like we have world of Mura for our aquaman review uh history or real world flash which is eunice for our flash season four premiere i think season five yes yeah, season, season five, five premiere Comic Prince just comes on occasionally to talk about comic stuff. He, when Marvel started all their new number ones, we had him on, which was like episode three of the podcast, I think. Yeah, and then he came on the one week that Hunter was absent, so he filled yeah. in. And, uh, yeah, I, I think we'll have some more uh, Instagram guests as well for our, in our second year of the podcast. Uh, for sure. We'll reach out to some people, and hey, maybe you, maybe the people listening right now, somebody, one of you will be on the podcast. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's been really fun for a lot of episodes, and just even episodes where it's me and Hunter. Sometimes, like, we we've really perfected our flow in a way, like we don't cut each other off. Like, it, I listen to some of the old episodes sometimes, and I'm like, wow, we really cut each other off, or like both start talking at once, and it was like we didn't really have our flow down. But now our chemistry is kind of there, and uh, it's interesting. Yeah, exactly, and we. You know, I also like the episodes where we just talk about comics for a long time, which we'll yeah. get into that soon. And yeah, this is a superhero podcast, but the heart of it is it's a comic review podcast, basically. Exactly. Exactly. Where we talk about heroes stories. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thanks, Mig Miguel. 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 <laughs> uh, next question comes from Chicks Digedwin. Chicks yep, Digwin. Yeah. Which artist and writer would you like to see work together and on what superhero slash villain? So name a creative team and name the hero or villain. Okay. Um, at writer, I would like to see a combination of Tomasi and Gleason. 
And on artist, I would like to see Brett Booth. And I would like to oh. see a Wally West series because, well, I'm predictable. Yeah. <laughs> well, shocker there. Uh, <laughs> any ideas for like... Um, I would like to see Tomasi and Gleason take like a very Superman rebirth approach where it's focused on family. I think they could really make Wally's family memorable. And uh, the thing about Wally's family is they've only really only appeared in like 15 to 20 issues. And they're not really all that because the issues weren't all that. But I feel like they have potential to be really awesome. And Tomasi and Gleason already uh, showed and showcased in Superman rebirth that they know how to write a family really well. And yeah, I'd like to see that happen with Wally. Yeah. I'm going to go with a... uh... Kind of like a two, this will never happen, but I would like it to happen. <laughs> I have a lot of things that will never happen. I want like an Aquaman and Wonder Woman series, but this is one that is more possible. I want Sam Humphreys as the writer who uh, wrote Green Lantern's Rebirth, and uh, mm-hmm. he's currently writing Dial H for Hero, I believe. And Harley Quinn, I believe. Yeah, he's writing Harley Quinn as well. And for the artist, I want, never going to have him, but Jason Fabok. <laughs> he's... <laughs> He's so good, but he's he's not the fastest writer ever. He takes his time to make everything perfect, which is great. And I would want them to write a Jessica Cruz solo Green Lantern book. She oh, doesn't have a solo series. She had her own series with uh, Simon Baz as a partner, and she's currently in Justice League Odyssey. She was also in the original Justice League Rebirth. But yeah, yeah I like uh, I like just a solo series with Jessica just in on Earth in space, just flying around, fighting bad guys and stuff. Yeah. To, to, to give a different answer other than a Wally series, because again, I'm predictable. Um, I'm going to go with JSA, Justice Society of America, year one, because they don't have a year one story. And I would want it to be written by Jeff Johns because he already has written such a great Justice Society. And I'd like it to be drawn by Doc Shaner, who does a lot of cover work, uh, not too many interiors, but I think he would be a good artist That'd be for cool. that jsa story and um just like based on like um in faster friends uh which is a green lantern and flash story uh jay garrick talks about how when him and alan scott first met like they didn't really like each other and one thought the other was arrogant and one thought the other one was a showboater so i think it could be an interesting year one story and yeah i, I don't think a team has ever oh jla got a year one story so it'd be cool for the jsa to get one that would be cool yeah i can't think of uh i won't like i can't really think of a creative team right now but I would want like a road trip style story with uh, all four Robins just working together. Okay, just, yeah. Like traveling around North America or the world even just fighting crime and stuff. I can't think of a creative team right now. But. Clearly it should be Tom King because he knows how <laughs> Tim thinks that Damien's so cute. Am I right? Oh, we'll get into those frustrations later. <laughs> <laughs> Heroes uh, in crisis. <sighs> uh, our next question comes from uh, Council uh, underscore of underscore heroes, and he asks, "What's the worst comic that we have ever read?" All Star um, Batman and Robin. <laughs> all Star yeah, Batman all-star and Robin. Batman and Robin: The Boy Wonder by Frank Miller. It has amazing art because it's Jim Lee, but the writing is god awful. Oh my god, it's so bad. It's um, like really, really not to the point. It was like, oh, that was cringy. Like the characters don't act like themselves. Like yeah. Robin's con, con- or sorry, Batman's constantly insulting Robin just for su- yeah. naming suggestions. They paint themselves yellow to scare Green Lantern. Like it's terrible. Yeah, like yeah, like Dick Grayson tries to like kill Hal Jordan by showing him the inside of his cape. <laughs> it's like, it, so it's weird, so bizarre. It's such a bad story, and technically, it's in the Dark Knight Returns universe, and it's just bad. But like the fact that it's like Jim Lee's art makes it look like it's our universe like the regular universe yep. so yep. it's like yep. <laughs> huh? 
Yeah, that's yeah, the worst one I've ever up, read. Up there, up there in the worst comics, I could also throw most of the Dark Knight Returns sequels. Uh, Dark Knight Returns 2, The Strikes Back, not terrible. Not great, but not terrible. But then after that, like 3 and Master Race and all that awful. Like, god-awful. So I haven't read 3. I haven't heard anything about it either <laughs> until now. Um, if you've ever seen the panels online or, like, people talking about how cringy, like, when um, they have, a, like, a scene in one of them where Superman and Wonder Woman are a thing, and when they make love, they start earthquakes and volcanoes and yeah it's just weird. oh <laughs> yeah it's, that's weird it's and the art is frank miller's art but he was like 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 frank miller's art is already questionable but like this is like jesus christ like i don't you might have seen the panel of like wonder woman where her head is like to the side and yep i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> so he's a yeah, strange art it's like yeah he frank, might have frank had miller's like art. you know like how art today looks different from art in like the 70s Yep. There's some artists in the 70s that aren't even that bad. Like, they're classic looking. But Frank Miller is like, even the 70s, he wasn't the greatest artist. <laughs> He's a little like, sloppy. But, uh, yeah, so those are some of the worst comics I've ever read. I'd also throw, um, I, I don't even know if it could be worst comic, but one of the most confusing, Final Crisis. I'm really not a fan. And, yeah, I guess really? not one of the worst, but not a fan. And right. I can also say Dark, Dark Knight's Metal, most of it, so. I was, yeah. I was thinking you were going to say Heroes in Crisis. <laughs> okay. Well, Heroes in Crisis is the worst DC event. Yes. But I don't know if I can throw it into the worst. Con- I don't know. It's weird for me. I, I have to let it digest a little bit. <laughs> I'm shocked you said metal, though. Metal's not that. I have to reread it. Jesus. All right. Anyway, next question comes from Turaco Art. Turaco Art. Okay, Terra Court. Mm. Interesting. Uh, and uh, they ask, what is our top New 52 and Rebirth stories? So um, are we going to answer our, our favorite stories, like individual stories or, indiv- or uh, Maybe titles? like one or two New 52 and one or two Rebirth. Okay. Um, for New 52, the best New 52 title, uh, sorry, the best New 52 story is obviously Dark Side War. Like, no question. And as my number two, I'll go with uh, The Court of Owls. I think that's a great Batman story. I think... Uh, even though it's recent, it's already like an iconic, like you have to read it, Batman story. So yeah, it's up there from, with like Hush and yeah, yeah, and that's Long Halloween. And, yeah. and my two in Rebirth, I'm gonna go with uh, Son of Superman, which, which is the first Superman arc, and I'm gonna go with The Return of Wally West, the first Titans arc. I think those are two amazing Rebirth arcs. I and, agree and with all that. If I were to make it a little <laughs> different, I could say because those are probably one my favorites too, but big different i'll say for new 52 i really like uh batman endgame it's a yeah. sequel to death of the family it's kind of underrated not a lot of people talk about it as much and when it's brought up it's like oh it's just that's so recent and all that but it's a really good story it's like half of gotham is on joker gas and batman has to stop him and it's very gory i find for like a greg capola batman story and uh batman fights the whole justice league in it and i think it's really cool uh, another one I would say would be Justice League Origin, which is the just first Justice League art with Jimmy on art, Jeff Jones on mm-hmm. writing. Uh, it's just really good. If you've seen the anime movie Justice League War, imagine that, but with more detail. And instead of Shazam, it's Aquaman. But it's good. Yeah. Uh, for Rebirth, I would say, I forget what the story is called, but it's Superman issue, Superman Rebirth issue number seven. And it's the one where Superman, Lois, and John, they just go to a carnival for the day. Yeah, it's a one shot and it's really good. I like it a lot. It's a it's a feel good story. 
Yeah, and another they kind one of out. echo it. They kind of echo it in the forty fifth issue, the last issue, where they go to the carnival and then they fall asleep on the couch, and that's like the end of it. It's really nice. Yeah, and the one I could think of is uh, again I forget the story name, but it's the Hal Jordan, the Greenlander Corpse. It's the Larflees slash Brainiac issue where uh, okay. a lot yeah. of the Greenlander Corpse they go to a uh, a city, and as they're in the city, it gets sucked up by Brainiac ships, so shrunken down and put in a bottle. But it's not Brainiac who did it, it's Larflees, the Orange Lantern. And so I just like how they're all kind of trapped in there and they're trying to find their way out and Hal's on the outside. And every time they find out it's Larflees, no matter who, who finds out, they always say like, Lar-frickin-flees. Like, <laughs> so all of Hal's Run the Green Lantern Corps is good, but I'd say those are some more great stories. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, great stories all around. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, our next question comes six from... Six underscore <laughs> yeah, pistols. Six underscore pistols, and he says, Hi, what needs to be done to save Wally West? DC turned the greatest superhero comeback into a joke. Uh, this is something that Hunter and I obviously feel very passionately about. If you follow us on Instagram, <laughs> we've talked a lot about it. Uh, so if you have been living under a rock or uh, been avoiding Heroes in Crisis, uh, Wally West killed everyone. It wasn't on purpose, but it happened. He killed everyone at the Sanctuary. Speed Force made an oopsie, and yeah. Spoilers um, for here, the latest Heroes in Crisis will come out this week. Uh, yeah, five seconds to avoid it. Five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> Wally West <laughs> uh, goes to prison at the end for manslaughter. Yeah. So it's like not something that like thousands of people, their favorite superhero is Wally West, the Flash. And so now DC's going to turn him into a person who's guilty for manslaughter, and people had hope. That by the end of Heroes in Crisis, it would be reverted. All the deaths would be reverted, but it's not. He just goes to jail. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. what what now? How do we make Wally West good well, again? This is kind of his Emerald Twilight. Uh, the story that made Hal Jordan kill the Green Lantern Corpse. And, uh, of course, years later, uh, Jeff Johns retconned it and said, Hey, that was Parallax. He infested Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan didn't actually kill them. And it was uh, one of the greatest Green Lantern stories of all time now. One of the green, greatest Green Lantern runs. So it's like, what will be Wally West's Emerald Twilight? Do you retcon it and say it was a villain that something? Or do you just make him own up to it? And this is very tough. Um, honestly, I feel like at this point you got to own it. I just don't see how you could explain yeah. like how there's no parallax that was inside of him. You know, he did this. Tom King has gone too far and now there's no turning back. So you got to keep going. You got to steer right into it um it's gonna really take a long time and i don't know if he will ever be the same in all honesty uh it'll take a really great writer to advance him and get him past this and i really don't know who that writer is uh, it would take like a jeff johns level a uh, mark wade level to try to get him past this i would say wally would have to own up as well but own up in a way where it's like this isn't the end i feel like wally is going to do whatever it takes to bring everyone back not like yeah. shove them all in a Lazarus pit. Yeah. Something else. So, I know. I was going to say, I know you can't time travel anymore in the DC universe because it was like destroyed in Flash War, but I guess everyone forgot about that because there's yep. time travel <laughs> in Crisis. But yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> um, I don't know. What, what if, spitballing here, what if in a Wally solo series, he. They kind of take like an approach where he, even though he like failed them in life, he will not fail them in death. So each issue is him 
doing something like in the name, like in the legacy of insert character that died. So something in the name of Roy, he does something to try to make it right. And it'll never be the same, but it'll never like he'll try to make it right. We read this book when I was in like eighth grade. It's called Whirly Gig. And this guy uh, hits hits a girl on the way home from a party, uh, drunk crash, and he kills her. And um, he doesn't end up going to jail, but uh, the mother of the girl asks him, like, if you want to make this right, I need you to put four whirly gigs. It's like a little yard thing. I want you to put it in the four corners of the United States. And, like, the adventures you get on the way there will be, you know, the, in return for my daughter. So, and he did it. And it's, like, an interesting story. I don't know. It was eighth grade. I don't really remember it too well. But if they okay. can do something like that where, like, each issue he's trying to make it right for each hero. So, like, something for Roy, something for uh gnock something for you know like I, I don't know if it could be done but it's possibly be interesting yeah. i mean i feel like there's gonna be a way that they're gonna come back roy especially like he's a huge character poison ivy is technically the only survivor here yeah so because she I'm came just, back she regrew- i'm just worried they're gonna be like oh let's throw him on the suicide squad he needs a redemption it's just like he'll never get the redemption he needs yeah Unless they give him like a Daniel West thing where like he does get his redemption, but it leads to his death. I don't know. I just, they're backed in a corner here. It's going to take a great writer to get him out of it. Yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Next question. Uh, It it got deep here. Uh, Yeah. Next question is from uh, FMJ Batman. And he says, what is y'all, what is y'all's favorite series right now? Uh, Either current or older run and also least phase. So we already answered least phase, but uh, our favorite series right now. So for me, I really like Action Comics and Superman, the two Bendis titles. I think they're both very well written, which is surprising because I didn't think they would be, but they Mm -hmm. have really been killing it. Um, I also really like Daredevil from the Marvel side of things. Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast for the last like, month or so, I've been raving about Daredevil, and it's awesome. It's cool. And also on the Marvel side, I really like Captain America. I think that one has been really well written. Uh, and then uh, for back at DC, I also like Justice League Dark and Justice League by Scott Snyder. I think those have been uh, some really good titles. And yeah, yeah, those are some of my favorite titles right now. I would say my favorite right now is Justice League by Scott Snyder. That's probably my number one favorite. Every time a new issue of that comes out, I get excited to read it. And it's one of the first things I read unless there's an event issue like Doomsday Clock. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd say Justice League by Scott Snyder. On the Marvel side, i say The Amazing Spider-Man. I think it's really good. It hasn't had any bad issues except for maybe one so far. It's about mm-hmm. 25 issues in. And yeah, now uh, it's only going to get better since the art's going to keep getting improving with Patrick... Gleason? Wait, is it Patrick Gleason? Yeah, pa- yeah, yeah Patrick Gleason. <laughs> I'm like, wait, did I say that right? He went over to <laughs> Marvel to work for Spider-Man. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if I were to say like a second favorite series, uh, Superman is also really good by Bendis. Uh, besides that, like, Detective Comics 2, I guess, has been pretty good. It's a yeah. better Batman story than the current Batman series. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. So our next question comes from Real World of Flash, aka Eunice, and he says, "If you could replace Wally's role in Heroes in Crisis with anybody, who else would it be?" And he says that he would pick Roy Harper for that role. Now, before we started recording, we were going over the questions, and Hunter says he has an answer for this. So, Hunter, go ahead. I would I'm say curious. someone who is who hasn't been in Heroes in Crisis, which is Jason Todd. I feel like okay. the ending would fit his character more than the hero Wally West. If I know, obviously, Jason Todd isn't going to, like, accidentally spurt lightning from him. Or maybe he will. But, <laughs> that would be uh, weird. Yeah. Uh, if he accidentally killed everyone, I think 
that would be kind of more interesting for the ending. I think the whole world wouldn't be like, oh, why is Wally West a murderer? I think it'd be like, oh, Jason Todd's back to being a murderer. So it would make more sense because it's not new to him, but just killing all these people by accident would really affect Jason. And Jason's already kind of a depressed character. <laughs> so I feel like it would just add to that. And I, I think that would be the perfect character for Heroes in Crisis. He already has problems, so it makes sense for him to go to the sanctuary. So, yeah. Interesting. Um, I don't know. A part of me wanted to say Booster Gold, but at the same time, I think back to that Action Comics arc, and I'm like, I don't know. I feel like he was past this, even though Tom King was kind of just like, yeah, I forgot what happened in Action Comics, so uh, let's just make him give Batman a wedding gift and uh, ruin his character real quick. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. It, it's tough for me, because I feel like Booster is capable of killing them all through the technology, but I don't know if it would really fit him. I, I just don't think Heroes in Crisis is a great like concept of killing everyone at the sanctuary like i just to me it's not a good concept i, yeah. I don't i don't i don't get it well i don't either i just think that if yeah. we had to do it red hood would be the good choice yeah all right so if we had to do it booster gold for me but even then it's really weak just like tom king's writing just kidding oh, sorry, tom, sorry depends sorry, on the tom book depends on the king book fans. visions is good mr miracles Vis- good. visions is good i read it i finally read it uh anyway uh our next question comes from comic underscore nation 1776 his name is clayton and he says comic book series are characters you've always wanted to read but haven't yet so uh, hmm. shout out to my mom real quick. She's been trying to get me to read The Sandman, which is a DC slash Vertigo title. Uh, it's like in everyone's top 10, like on all these lists and everyone raves about it. She's been trying to get me into it for years. I've been resisting, but I told her I'd read it this summer. So I guess I got to read it this summer. So that is a title that I've always wanted to get into. Um, also on the Vertigo side of things, I always wanted to get into both Swamp Thing and Hellblazer. Um, both are like the, the Alan Moore Swamp Thing. Both are really raved about. I've really not read it much and hellblazer i've read like a very little bit so i've always wanted to get into those like titles i think the vertigo titles are cool because they're weird but yeah i haven't really gotten into them enough i would uh for me i go a lot more marvel daredevil is a good example i don't read daredevil i know you keep telling you to but i i refuse <laughs> to read things online i have to find it in single issue and i can't find it because it's sold out everywhere so i'm looking so once i find it i will but also like I read Captain America right now. I've been reading him for like, how long have you been reading this? Like a year and a half? Something like yeah, that? about. And it's really good. But when people t- ask me like, hey, what's your favorite Captain America story? I'm like, uh, like this is the only Captain America series I've read besides like him and all the Avengers books that I have. I've never actually read a solo Cap story outside Secret Empire and the current run right now, which is like 25 issues or so. I could be way so- off there. So a recommendation I'll give you, and I think the guy who asked this question is a huge Captain America fan, comic underscore nation, 1776. I think he would also recommend this. The Ed Brubaker run, which is, includes, like, the Winter Soldier and all that. Like, if if you, like, you know, like the Winter Soldier movie, this is the comic it's based off of. So okay. the Ed Brubaker run does a lot for the character, and I think it's very well written. So that that's the one I would recommend. If right. you want, like, yeah, you want to thanks. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. I never Add it to the never-ending it. list. <laughs> Yeah. yeah so yeah captain america and daredevil will probably be the characters that i want to get more into all right <laughs> uh all right our next question comes from uh at the, the dc planet and uh she cool asks name. uh t- yeah <laughs> she asks top five best runs produced by dc so i'm gonna go ever here since we already uh answered like our kind of favorite runs now um my top five runs of all time include mark wade's flash jeff john's flash 
Chuck Dixon's Nightwing, Peter David's Young Justice, and for the fifth one, we're going to go Jeff John's Green Lantern. Ooh, it's tough to just narrow it down to five. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of it right now. I, I did not prepare for this. Um, <laughs> you said John's Flash in yours? Yeah, I think John's Flash is pretty amazing. Okay. Uh, John's Flash as well and John's Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. This is no specific order. I'm all. I'm just spitballing here. Yeah, yeah. I was in no specific uh, order. Scott Snyder's Batman. Okay. I'd even say John's Justice League. <laughs> yeah, it, it, John's Justice League is pretty awesome. Uh, and one more. Dude, that, uh, I don't want to say another <laughs> Jeff Johns. <laughs> this is hard. Oh, um, Robert. Yeah, uh, forget his name. I'm. <laughs> How during the Green Lantern Corps? Yep, Robert Venditti's Green Lantern. Yeah, Robert Venditti's Green Lantern. I would say, rather to say another one, I say Tomasi's Superman. Okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah, Tomasi's Superman is probably my top ten. I I really like that story. Wait, Snyder's Uh, Batman for sure. I'd also throw in uh, if we're gonna like introduce some more uh, uh, Johns is Aquaman, even though uh, it'll be all Jeff Johns on my list. (laughs) Yeah, he he has a really good Aquaman. So, uh, yeah, those are some of our good. favorite runs. We, I, I love the classic runs, and like I love that they're re- reprinting them in trade. So, like, uh, some of the ones I mentioned, Mark Wade Flash is in trade, Jeff Johns Flash is in trade, uh, Peter David's Young Justice is in trade. And, they're continuing uh, Kyle Rayner's Green Lantern, I believe. N- no, they canceled it. It uh, only got two books, and they canceled it. Um, but uh, <laughs> Grant Morrison's Justice League is in trade, which is another one, Justice League of America. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of great, you know, classic dc like 90s titles and uh yeah some of my favorite uh but anyway that brings us to our last question from uh at hagen hagendos hagendos underscore 15 and he says what would your dream team up comic series be now since we already answered um like our team of writers and artists let's do team up of characters okay yeah so i got mine the two characters i would want to see and this is i've already mentioned this before in the podcast i want to see jessica cruz and wally west together i think they would really bounce off each other well character wise and uh yeah it would bring a new definition to the brave and the bold yeah yeah uh i would say the four robins is like an official team would be awesome okay. and uh aquaman and wonder woman they're both kind of like fantasy like characters in a modern time and i feel like they they don't writers tend not to bounce off these characters a lot they don't interact that much until snyder started writing justice league because scott mm-hmm. snyder's justice league wonder woman and aquaman did have a lot of chemistry until aquaman quote-unquote died but he's coming back yeah. next month so <laughs> i hope they have more interactions i hope when aquaman comes back we get a, like a reunion where they see him and i want wonder woman to like run over to aquaman not as a couple but as a team and that, yeah. what would be your dream justice league like say seven characters okay um batman superman wonder woman i'll throw in the trinity oh, of course for the green lantern i want kyle rayner okay for the flash i want molly west of course mm-hmm. <laughs> uh i would want shazam and i would want because i gotta throw in an oddball character who you wouldn't see every day and it will be hmm stuff <laughs> um obviously steel no nobody wants steel um <laughs> probably cyborg just to like top them off because i really like cyborg as a leader yeah it would be cyborg or martian manhunter I, re- I really like both characters yeah i would go the trinity as well batman superman wonder woman uh wally west is flash like you just said <laughs> yeah. uh and then that's four so i would have kind of weird here but i have hal jordan as green lantern and jessica cruz as green lantern 
Okay. So two benches on the team. They did that in Rebirth for the start with uh, Simon and Jess, Jessica yep. as Lanterns. And I think it worked really well with two Lanterns. And finally, I would have Aquaman. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's a good team. All right. <laughs> that's the questions. Uh, yeah, that's it for the questions. So uh, thank you for sending in the questions. It went a little long, but this episode is going to go a little bit long anyway. So uh, yeah. Uh, now let's move on to the news. Almost at uh, the 32-minute mark. And yeah, I'll, I'll mark the timestamps if you want to skip around a little bit to the listener. Uh, but all right, our news starts. We'll start with the live-action news. So uh, for the live-action news, uh, the Black Widow film is rumored to be between Civil War and Infinity War. Uh, this is kind of surprising because we were always under the assumption that it would be like a prequel, but like prequel in the sense of like when she first started as Black Widow. Still uh, could be. Yeah. I, well, I mean, yeah, this is just a rumor, but I don't think I'd want it to be between Civil War and Infinity War. I think I'd rather it be way back. It, and I'd ra- I feel like I it doesn't know, make sense if it is because Infinity War make everyone assume that she's been on the run with uh, Cap and Falcon for like two years. Unless that's the story about like her on the run, but well, does that mean Captain Falcon will be in this? I don't. Think I mean, so. th- I mean, Joe Russo did say, uh, or one of the Russos said that he's not done as Captain America yet. So, yeah, I feel Possible. like he's. I feel like it's too soon to have yeah. like another modern Cap come back. There yeah. are set pictures so far. Uh, set pictures were leaked a few days ago, and you can see just. Scarlett Johansson walking around with red hair. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, what, what's the thing they always bring up? Uh, her and Hawkeye. Um, oh, that they work together. Yeah, yeah. No, what, oh, what Hawkeye. It? Sorry, I did a marathon like last week. I just finished the MCU marathon. Uh, Hawkeye was, or someone, one of them was sent to kill the other. It's like a yeah, classic so. Mira and Aquaman kind of moment. Hawkeye was, or no, sorry, Black Widow was sent to kill Hawkeye, but after meeting, they became friends, and she joined him for S.H.I.E.L.D. So that, that's just, the story. Like, I'm, I'm wondering when we'll get the story of Budapest, right? That's the thing they always bring up. Remember Budapest? Yeah, I feel like this Are could be a perfect that? chance like, to get that's that. That's what I thought the Black Widow movie would be. So if it's set between Civil War and Infinity War, obviously that doesn't make sense. Yeah. But if it's set beforehand, then yeah, you can do Budapest. So I'd rather be Budapest, but Cap- it's just a rumor, so yeah. we'll see. Cap's my favorite Avenger. I don't want Chris Evans to leave, but I don't want him to be in this movie either. I want Hawkeye okay. to be in this movie for sure, but not yeah, Chris Evans. Yeah, I'd be fine with Hawkeye, but I don't need Captain America. All right. Uh, the next one is also MCU. Uh, Deadpool is rumored to be introduced into the MCU in one of three ways. Now, I wish I wrote down three ways because that would be easier. I know one of them was him having another solo film. One yep. of them was him being in the, Sp- the third Spider-Man, and I can't seem to remember the other one, <laughs> but there was... I, I don't want him to be in a Spider-Man film. I hate Spider-Man and Deadpool teaming up because it makes Spider-Man so out of character. They try to make him so jokey and so over the top, and I hate it. They like dumb him down to be with Deadpool. So I, I don't want to see him in Spider-Man three. I'd rather I, him just I wouldn't mind movie. seeing Spidey and Deadpool interact, but I want it to be in like a team-up movie, like an Avengers movie yeah. or something. No, yeah, I don't want keep, him to be in a Spider-Man film. Yeah, keep uh, Spidey. For, like just with spider-man characters in a solo film and occasionally an avenger cameo like we're having nick fury and far from home but yeah. besides that yeah also yeah. another spider-man news is uh sony apparently is really pushing for tom hardy's venom to be in the third spider-man movie they really hmm. want venom this in a spider-man 3 how could that go wrong <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even think of that but yeah they really want this to happen apparently and the mcu hasn't well i guess kevin feige hasn't commented on it yet so Okay. I'd love this to happen. I mean, 
I think Tom Hardy. I didn't like Venom, but I think Tom Hardy did play a good Eddie Brock. I so. feel like Tom Hardy's Venom is like too hardcore for uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man. I feel like he would fit better in like the Andrew Garfield verse. But okay, oh, we'll he see. would. Yeah, he would for sure. But that'd be cool to have him together. I'm not, the yeah, biggest... I'm not a huge Venom guy. Like me either. Uh, I, I never really thought he was that cool in the comics. I, I don't know. Not not my cup of tea. But I think he's uh, cool. We'll see, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I hope they build a good story. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah. Uh, our next piece of live action news comes on the DC side of things. So uh, there's a lot of stuff going on with the Batman. Uh, it is rumored that Matt Reeves' Batman is no longer a DCEU prequel; that it will just be like a recast instead of a like younger Ben Affleck. Um, I think this is the way to go. To be honest, I me just, too. It, it it allows you to do much more with your trilogy. So and you don't have to stay in line with canon of like things that will happen one day with Ben Affleck's Batman. So. I think this is the way to go. I love... We'll, we'll, we'll always have BVS, the warehouse scene. <laughs> yeah. I love the friendship between Batman and Superman, and it'd be good to have it again on screen. We had yeah. it for like 30 minutes in BVS. Tell and me, do you bleed? Yeah, exactly. Like They fought, but at the end, they were kind of friends. I bought the bank. Wait, that's Justice League, I think. Yeah, that's Justice League. Oh, no, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I want Superman to interact with Batman again, even Wonder Woman. And yeah. so, this is the way to go. Uh, Penguin yeah. and Catwoman, though. They might be the villains of this. They are rumored to be the villains of the Batman, and it could be up to six villains total. Um, Matt Reeves I, did say that he wants, like, a lot of rogues. I'd movie. love this. I mean, I, Batman is probably the best rogue gallery in comics. Oh, he is, 100%. So, it, it's between him and Spider-Man, I think. But they some of the best rogue galleries in comics. So, why not see that on the big screen? We usually just get, you know, one or two villains. But why not show a lot of them? I think you can do an Arkham scene where you show, like, 12 of them. <laughs> yeah, show <laughs> them all in, like, prison cells of anything. Show, like, Mr. Freeze cell how it's, like, kind of torn off frozen. and, like, yeah. frozen inside. Killer Crocs might have, like, a swamp in there. Don't make yeah. it Suicide Squad or Croc where he's, oh, walking, where he's watching and, rap videos. <laughs> or... And I, I really want John Hamm to play Two-Face. Like I've said this before, and I think he just looks like Two-Face. So give me John Hamm Two-Face. That's insulting. <laughs> but <laughs> That's insulting. I mean, like he looks like Harvey Dent. I don't think he actually looks yeah. like Harvey Dent. <laughs> I want that, but also just the age gap. To Harvey Dent was like friends with Bruce Wayne as a kid, so... It's yeah, like, but I mean, he's not that much older, and he doesn't look like that old. I mean, he's probably like what ten years older than Pattinson. Yeah, he's probably like ten or fifteen. I don't know his age. Pattinson's, I think, thirty-three. Oh yeah, Pattinson was also confirmed to be Batman, like a hundred percent confirmed by Warner Brothers. Yeah, Warner Brothers confirmed it. I mean, we knew it. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Um, also, Six so in another DCEU piece of news, Tom King will be writing the New Gods movie along with. Uh, the director who I can't remember her name, uh, Ava something I think. Yeah, she did a wrinkle in time and a few other movies, but uh, she had been attached to New Gods for a while now, and now like Tom years, King is going I feel to be, like. yeah, Tom King is going to be writing it with her. Uh, Tom King has dipped his pen in the New Gods ink before with Mister Miracle, which is a recent comic series that everyone raves about. is so great, and our it very really own comic hunter owns it in trade. <laughs> yeah, it is really great. Uh, I just I feel like. He's a good choice. I mean, they're kind of they had Jeff Johns kind of write. Didn't he help write BVS? Technically, he helped write Green Lantern as well. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't talk about that. But Maybe I he mean, scene. we don't really know how much these writers have. 
like freedom yeah. for these movies but i feel like tom king would be the best choice if you're choosing a uh, comic writer to help new gods tom but king's in- writing interestingly and a- interesting sorry not to cut you off interestingly yeah. enough uh the director like posted a selfie with king so it seems like there's a lot more, like it's not like Zack snyder was posting up with jeff johns like hey yo justice league <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so it's, I, it's official and dark yeah. side is we might get dark that is. It'll, so, it'll definitely be mentioned Taking a step back real quick with the whole uh, six rogues in Batman, I just forgot to mention. Oh, you have like all these incredible characters. Like we said, Batman has like the best rogue gallery. He has like maybe one bad villain, and that one bad villain is Penguin (laughs) to a lot of people. Yeah, Penguins. What do you think of (laughs) Penguin being like the main villain? I don't want Penguin as the main villain. I just think he's so boring for a movie. Like even in comics, like if an arc is boring in comics, God. So, like, if he's in the background doing mob stuff, money, you know, drugs, guns, whatever, that's cool. But I don't need him, like, fighting Batman with a umbrella. Like, it's lame. Especially if it's going to be Josh Gad. Oh, God. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like Josh Gad could be a good Penguin, but just, like, I want, like, a Pen- huge if, fight if scene Penguin, at like, the end. What if Penguin takes the role in, like, uh, like Arkham Origins, where they hire all the people to go after Batman? You know, you, you played Arkham Origins, right? Yeah. Where they that'd, hire, like, all the assassins to go after Batman? What if Penguin plays okay. that kind of role? Like, he hires a bunch of villains to go after Batman. He hires that'd, Deathstroke, and he hires Deadshot, and whoever else. That'd be okay. And I Batman just fights them all? That'd be yeah, awesome. But I don't want Penguin and Batman, like, on a rooftop, just, you know... Wah, I want wah, a really wah, good <laughs> fight scene in this movie, and I feel like you can't give that with Penguin. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. yeah. Penguin's boring. But hopefully Matt Reeves can do good with him. I mean, Matt Reeves seems to be pretty confident in Penguin, so... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all right, now let's go to the comic side of the news. So, Tom King is off Batman. Hey, Siri, play Celebration by Cool the Gang. <laughs> Celebrate good times. Tom King's off Batman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, after number 85. Um, a lot of comic book Instagram was very sad about this. Me, I kept quiet because I was smiling on the inside. Um, I have not <laughs> been enjoying Tom King's Batman run, but I do feel bad that he's going to get a story cut off because he originally was gonna go to i believe 105 or 107 but at the same time i'm kind of glad because i was really getting sick of reading these stories by him but his batman's technically not over because he's getting a batman and catwoman uh 12 issue series that will be in 2020 so he still gets to continue with the bat but yeah he's gonna be off the main batman title so uh interesting yeah i mean it's sad that he didn't get to finish this run but I mean, what did he expect? <laughs> He's constantly getting hate after 50. It's like, oh, we just got to wait till I'm done my run in three years. Yeah. Here's a seven-issue filler arc <laughs> for a bi-weekly book. That's like two and a half months of just filler. <laughs> People aren't going to like that, King. And when you come back, no. you have Batman like punch some guys and go, I'm going to sleep. Like, People don't want that. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's, just, it's weird. But um, will will you be reading Batman Catwoman? Yes. Do you think? Yeah. Okay. Okay. There's I have a, like a lot of problems with this Batman, but I think King actually writes a really good Selena Kyle. I think his Catwoman's um, really good. I I hate when he has her just like go meow. Like I feel like like in Heroes in Crisis, she says yeah. I don't like that, but I think and I she... hate that they call each other Bat and Cat. Like it drives me insane. I get why they call each other Bat and Cat because it ties back to the Golden Age. I don't care. I think it's, it's okay no. when Selena calls him Bat when he suited up. I just I find it so cringy when they call each other Bat and Cat. I find it cringy when Batman calls her Cat, but they when like Catwoman says like, 
<laughs> hey, hey, cat. Or, I mean, hey, bat. I think that's okay. But when he's like Bruce Wayne, she's like, hey, bat. It's like, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, it's like, Stop. it's cringy. So, um, yeah, I think I'll be reading it. You know, it's 12 issues. It's also Clayman on art, who's like a phenomenal artist. I'd say top 10 yeah. comic artists ever. So, wow. Wow. It's Clayman. Wow. Like, he's a really that's good a lot, artist. That's a lot of praise. Uh, wow. Do you think? Do you not like Clayman? Like he's oh, I love Clayman's art. I don't know if I call him top ten of all time, but I would say top ten. He's like maybe great. He's he's really good. He has no flaws to me, but, <laughs> except for sometimes yeah. his eyes when it's far away. Yeah, his eye, he sometimes gives some crazy eyes on Wally West during the confessions. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> so uh, also DC comic news. They're going back to monthly on comics. Some of them. I thought. I thought everything's going back to monthly. I read some. Okay. Okay. Bit of, well, it could be it could be some. It, I thought that everything was going back to monthly. I know Batman be. is, and I know Wonder Woman, and I think I don't even think Flash is. I think Flash is sticking to bi-weekly. I could be wrong. Okay, I, I thought everything was switching back to monthly, and mm-hmm. this was usually going to help them not push out so many books, and it's going to help quality because you only have to put out one a month. But at the same time as a reader, it kind of sucks. Like Rebirth started the whole uh, book every two weeks, and we really love that. I mean, our wallets didn't love that, but I really love that as a reader because he really kept with the story. But yeah, I did too. New Fifty Two, New Fifty Two did monthly, and I started reading yeah. comics when New Fifty Two first started. So to me, it wasn't yeah, that bad. I mean, but since Rebirth started, it's like you have all. Oh, I just dropped my pen. You have all <laughs> these uh, comics coming up bi-weekly. It's like this is awesome, but then you're gonna take that away. <laughs> Like, yeah, it, it's just like um, like so. You have twelve issues a year. There's been like a lot of like six issue stories. So if you get two six issue stories in a row, you get two arcs in a year. It's just like it feels so slow. But yeah, I guess a good I point. Like all all these great runs that we love, you know, from the nineties and two thousand, they were all monthly. So yeah, twelve issues a year. When you say it like that, it's like oh. And if your Doomsday Clock is two issues a year, so it's like even oh, worse. <laughs> oh, Doomsday Clock. Ah, Doomsday yeah. Clock jokes. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, the last piece of comic book news is that Young Justice is going to the Kingdom Come universe. Uh, Bendis has been uh, posting on Instagram for a while about like random panels of Kingdom Come and like complimenting Alex Ross's art, and now it's confirmed that Young Justice will be going to that universe. Um, Can you imagine if Alex Ross did the art for that? I would like. I would. <laughs> that would be insane. I, I can't even describe. Like it would be so amazing. I don't think it's gonna happen. But oh my god. <laughs> no. Yeah, he's like pretty much working with, with Marvel only now. But and he pretty much only does covers. But if he did a cover for it, it would be pretty awesome. I, yeah. I dig that. But uh, yeah. he did a cover for Detective Comics a thousand. So. Yeah, I don't. I, I think it would be really cool. I'm not crazy about them going to the Kingdom Come universe. I kind of like Kingdom Come being its own thing. But me too. Young Justice has been pretty fun so far, and them kind of traveling through universes can be an interesting story, even though it takes forever because it's monthly. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And that's uh, it for, yeah, that's the it for the news, news, I think. <laughs> yep, there's the news. So, uh, all right, that brings us to the comic books. I know it's very late in the episode to get to the comics, but we have some big comics to get to. Four, specifically. One- We'll, we'll go over our pick of the week, even though I already know what our pick of the week is, and we'll go over our cover of the week. So, uh, Hunter, what is your pick of the week? Even though I know it's Doomsday Clock number ten. <laughs> uh, no, it was uh, Leviathan, whatever. <laughs> Doomsday it Clock number Heroes ten. Was Crisis Nine where Wally West goes to jail? Haha. <laughs> <laughs> Doomsday Clock number ten. Jeez, I'm holding these comics right now. They're all like thick. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> some thick books, and they're nice. 
Um, Doomsday Clock number 10, 100%. Like, come on. Doomsday Clock, it's a slow... It's slow when it comes out, but when it does come out, it's, like, incredible. And what is your cover of the week? Cover of the week would probably be uh, Batman Last Night on Earth. It's a simple cover. We've seen it a million times during ads and whatnot, but it's a good cover. Okay. Um, my pick of the week is obviously Doomsday Clock number 10, and my uh, cover of the week is actually Heroes in Crisis number 9, the main cover, the two Wallies and the Lightning. Obviously, I don't like the story within, but the cover is pretty awesome. Clayman art is always a treat, and uh, yeah. And uh, your theory is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> my theory is wrong, but there were two Wallies that showed up, so it's somewhat right. Yeah. Uh, There's not two, for those they just who, don't have different eye colors. <laughs> exactly. For those who uh, don't know, JD had this theory where... There was this cover of two Wally Wests, and he thought one of them had blue eyes, one of them had green, and he was going crazy over, oh, there's going to be two Wallies. There are two Wallies, but it's not, like, what he thought it would be. Yeah, I thought um, it would be, like, a different Wally, but it's just, like, five days apart Wallies. Yeah, and the Batman Last Night on Earth cover is just a silhouette of Batman walking with, like, a Joker lantern, and it just looks, it's it's really cool looking. It's simple yeah. and nice. All right, uh, let's get to Doomsday Clock number 10. Oh, before we even talk about Doomsday Clock, um, if you somehow didn't see our posts about it and you don't use YouTube, go on YouTube because Project Doomsday is out. Oh, yeah. Project Doomsday is comic book hunter, is passion project. A lot of people think I'm involved with this. I'm not really involved with this. I voice a character and I help him with the panels, but I'm not like any, I'm, I don't, can't edit for my life. So that's all Hunter. <laughs> and he does some great work with it. And uh, yeah. Episode 1, or issue 1, came out really great, and check it out if you don't. Just look up Comic Book Hunter or Project Doomsday, and they'll come right on up. On YouTube, yeah. On YouTube, yeah. And yeah. I think the link is in his bio if you want to check it out. But yeah, uh, it was really awesome. It's a motion comic with voice acting, and it has... Sound like, effects and Sound music. effects and some kind of like animations almost, and it's really awesome. Yeah, it's just really well made, and if you like Doomsday Clock, I think you're going to like that. And... I can't wait for issue two. And I actually get to voice Dr. Manhattan, which is a big character. And Hunter voices, I mean, a lot of characters, but he voices uh, Ozzy Ozymandias. I voice so a lot of extras when brutal. I can't get a voice. <laughs> yeah, I noticed you voicing some of the extras, like some of the people in the prison. I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I got like all the extras down. And I'm like, okay, hey, time to start. And as I'm like editing through, I'm like, oh, crap, I don't have a voice for this guy. So yeah. I just quickly like, yeah. I'm going to do an action for this one where I'm going to put my, mouth, <laughs> my head over my mouth. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, I noticed some of those. I was like, that sounds like Hunter. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I got to voice Manhattan, who only has like one line in the first uh, issue. But I also got to voice like a news anchor who had like a whole monologue, so that was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I get to do a few voices going forward, and I think it's really awesome. So, yeah, I, I plan on hopefully doing the entire Doomsday Clock series. I this is like a huge reach, but I plan to catch up before issue twelve is out. And then wow. when issue twelve comes out, I hope to like get it ready for like that week or something. It's a probably not going to happen, but. I enjoyed making it, and yeah, get ready for episode two. No release date yet, because it's <laughs> barely started. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm helping him with the panels now, so it should go quicker. I only yeah, did go a few quicker panels for, sure. for uh, issue one, but I'll, I'm doing them all for issue two, so yeah, yeah. I hope you guys enjoy that, because I really enjoyed it as a fan. <laughs> yeah, anyway, a, let's get to uh, Doomsday Clock number 10 now. Uh, Doomsday Clock number 10 is a Dr. Manhattan heavy issue and it is really awesome. It's so, like his uh, origin to Doomsday Clock. Like we all knew he was in the DC universe, but why is he in the DC universe and what's he doing here? This issue answers that question. Yeah. 
So there's an actor named Carver Coleman, and he has been in the movie that has been playing throughout a few of the issues. It's the black and white movie. And for a while, the movie was making no sense to us, but now it kind of makes sense. And uh, Carver Coleman is an actor. Uh, he's like a really big actor. And um, they like show a few scenes where like he messes up his line and then uh, he's going through his line. And I don't know, it's just interesting. Like Manhattan's kind of narrating the background and talks about how you know, nothing lasts forever, worlds will die, Carver Coleman, you know, it's just interesting Manhattan dialogue, and I can't wait to read it as Manhattan. <laughs> uh, but uh, Manhattan kind of catches up where he's been, so we see him and uh, Sally Jupiter on Mars, and um, we see him and um, the girl from Doom Patrol on Mars, which is what happened in the last issue. Yeah. Where the heroes went down on Mars, and... Uh, then we go back to 1938, April 18th, 1938, which is a big issue in the comic world because that's when Action Comics number one came out, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I know it's 1938, but I think that's the actual date. Hold on, just going back. Was that Sally Jupiter when it shows uh, the first girl on Mars? I thought that was Silk Spectre. I'm Silk Spectre, that's what I meant. I didn't okay. mean Sally Jupiter. <laughs> Sorry, flashback to Watchmen. I got my names mixed up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, he goes back to 1938, and this is where he meets uh, Carver Coleman. This is where he so, first arrived. Yeah, this is where he first arrives when he comes to the DC Universe. So he meets Carver Coleman, who is uh, somebody who would like to work in Hollywood, but he's really struggling, and he's actually like homeless. And uh, Dr. Manhattan meets him on the street. And uh, they have like a really interesting conversation where Manhattan keeps jumping through years in time. And we see Coleman develop from somebody who was living a night on the street to somebody who's starting to become a good actor to somebody who's an award winning actor to somebody who's a year before his death to his death. And the way this is portrayed through time, like it's really amazing. Like 1943, like it's different clothes, 1943, 1952, 1954, and then he's dead in 1955. No, I just realized it's all April 18th. Yeah, they meet the same day every year, which again, I'm pretty sure that's the day Action Comics number one came out. Uh, And we actually see the car that Uh, Superman lifts on the cover of Action Comics number one. And uh, Dr. Manhattan talks about how the world is introduced to Superman. Which this um, blows everyone's mind, I think. It blew my mind. It's amazing. So So, you know the very first appearance of Superman. Look it up. Action Comics number one. It's Superman holding like a green punch buggy. And he's just holding it. (laughs) And this is like, oh, cool. It's a cool cover. But this comic is what happened after that. Like, that yeah. actually happened, and this is what happened after that. Yeah, yeah, they're like, a man did this? Yeah, he was wearing a wrestling outfit and a cape. And he lifted the car like it was a crate of apples. <laughs> like but he leapt over that building over there. Notice how they say leapt, because super fun comic book hunter fact. Uh, flash fact, uh, Superman originally couldn't fly. He could only leap. The reason he could fly is because the first animated Superman thing, they made him fly because it was easier to animate than him jumping. Yeah. Fun fact cool stuff yeah uh, so we see um the jsa meeting and they're actually talking about the golden age superman and um they mentioned the daily star which was the original like before it was the daily planet it was the daily star so they say he's the front page on, of the daily star every morning uh but yeah superman hasn't met with this jsa and they're discussing discussing whether or not they should meet with him yeah, this is and, 1938 uh, right yeah, oh, 1940 yeah. so it's been a year since superman because dr man and i quote uh, the world was introduced to Superman on April 18th, 1938. Reading this, people are probably like, what? But it's like 2019 and he's still like young. I think it's explained. <laughs> yeah. 
so we see uh, we see Manhattan and uh, Coleman Carver, and uh, he has Manhattan asks him about Superman. He goes, Superman? Uh, uh, no, I've never heard of him. And that's uh, just it, him confirming because originally you see a panel of the GSA decides to take a picture, and you see the same panel. The first one says, "No pictures yet, Johnny. I'm still working on my costume. The hood's not right." And Jay Garrick says, "Let's give Superman some more time to join us." Then you see the next panel go the exact same panel, but it says, "No pictures yet, Johnny. I'm still working on my costume. The hood's not right." But Jay Garrick doesn't mention Superman because he does not exist anymore. Yeah, this is like mind blowing. Like I, I don't even know how Jeff Johns did this in like thirty pages. This is, it's crazy. <laughs> um, so, so. I also think the um, Carver Coleman, the actor, we get to kind of see him advance from, like I said, like a guy who was living a night on the street to this great Hollywood actor. And I think we see him develop as a person. Like at first he's like so grateful for like John's help. And like then it eventually becomes like he's only meeting with John once a year just to find out what happens to him the next year. Mm-hmm. And he's like, like, like even his tone changes. Like, what do you got? What do you got in store for me now, John? Like. I don't know. I don't you know. Give that me was so like, much hope we, over the we, years. We talked about this in our group chat, and um, they didn't think so. But I think it's supposed to be like a reflection of humanity. How like all we want is like power, and like we we don't really care about things. Like we just want to. We want one thing, and we focus on that, and it's like power and moving up into life, and we we lose those relationships along the way. I, I don't know if that really makes sense, but it does. Yeah. Well, kind so, of. <laughs> and I think that's supposed to be like um, in in pursuit of his like dream of being an actor. He loses himself as a person. He starts out as like this really kind guy, and eventually just becomes like, yeah, I'm meeting up with Manhattan once a year to find out what happens to me. Even though in the end he does offer him like you know coffee and all that. I don't know. I I just think I feel like he kind of loses himself, and I think that's how Manhattan realizes like, yeah, even here humanity is focused on like one thing. Yeah, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but it does. Yeah. Uh, any, anyway, uh, Manhattan makes his way to the Kent farm, and he sees in, where... In the, where, 1956. Yeah, in 1956, where Superman just crashed in. 1956. Well, this is the start of the Silver Age in comics. And you and, see the actual, like, Jonathan and Martha Kent find Superman, and they say the original thing that they wrote in the Silver Age, which is kind of cheesy. Yeah, but, great Scott, that's a space rocket. Land. <laughs> <laughs> this must be a child from another world oh if only we had a baby of our own as sweet as he looks <laughs> like it's so cheesy but it's 1956 so it's amazing uh and but then he goes to 1986 which is his arrival on earth has shifted forward again his yeah. arrival changes again and again <laughs> christ on infinite earth where pa Kent shows clark the ship that he came in and he and they use like the kind of dialects where you came from son and every time it changes every different origin of superman and it's really interesting like in this one where clark doesn't like believe it no it's not true i'm your son like i want to be clark kent i want to be your son like this is all things that happen and then we see the various deaths of the kents so we see pa kent laying in his bed where clark says goodbye which if you follow comic book hunter you'll see the gold the literal golden age comparison <laughs> is the same thing same clothes and everything it's it's so mind-blowing and it's very cheesy as well like whose last words is this now listen to my last words you must always use your superpowers to do good uphold law and order good luck my son and goodbye exclamation point (laughs) goodbye (laughs) Goodbye, dad (laughs) and then he dies and then again we're in 1986 and they help him make the logo for the front and back of his suit and then we see the death of jonathan kent where he dies in his arms at the end of uh jeff john's comics run yeah so this is like really cool like we see the various 
rebirths or sorry uh, reboots and it's just insane to me like that they could do this like and make it make sense and the writing is so much like watchmen like it yeah it's like dr manhattan's dialogue is amazing like the way they have yeah shifting through time it's may 1949 a young clark kent sits by his parents bedside as they pass away it's 1956 i watched clark visit the graves of his parents it's october 1986 his parents are alive years later jonathan kent dies again in his son's arms so yeah yeah so then we see uh, a young superman with the legion of superheroes which i feel like i've read the comic that this is in this looks so familiar to me too (laughs) it looks so familiar to me though but he's with the legion of superheroes and uh we watch this fade away like he inspires the legion of superheroes but as manhattan moves the lantern away from alan scott all that fades and all that changes so it's awesome to me that like and he even brings up that that's the linchpin to everything alan scott grabbing the green lantern like that leads to the justice society and eventually the legion of superheroes meeting superman like it, it's just crazy how one event like it's a butterfly effect in a way yeah also and it's awesome or thanos just snapped and you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he faded away. It does kind of look like that. Uh, but yeah, and again, the dialogue here is like amazing. Like if you're not reading Doomsday Clock, go read it. Uh, but uh, then we see Clark's parents die again where they hit the tree the night of his prom. And which this was happened in, in I Doomsday, think, Doomsday Clock, Clock number, number one. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Jeez. then we see uh, the New 52 Superman from the Action Comics of Grant Morrison where he wears like the short sleeves. And then we see the New 52 Superman where he wears the uh, collar. And this is a Superman who didn't really grow up with his parents much and because of this he becomes distant from humanity and manhattan even says like i understand him better i relate to him more and it's just like oh because this one dr manhattan kind of made himself yeah so he says like without his parents or the legion clark grows more distant from humanity i understand him better i relate to him more it's five years ago and i feel the power of of changing superman is intoxicating i've altered the metaverse and in turn the multiverse so yeah yeah so like we always thought new 52 superman was a dick and he is but it's just like oh wow because of manhattan's changes like he loses humanity like it's just it's so mind-blowing that this works because it shouldn't work but it does and as manhattan is like watching through like time we see wally west pop out through the time stream and he says i know what you did whatever you did they'll stop you and this is when he popped out in dc rubber's number one when he was like going through the time stream and but we didn't know who he was talking to then no, we didn't know he was talking to what he's talking to Manhattan. Well, we kind of assumed, like, but <laughs> I really wish this came out back then. But like, yeah, this is awesome. And notice uh, how Doctor Manhattan says one year ago. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, a little more than one year. Twenty sixteen, man. But okay. But but we see uh, Manhattan and his friend Coleman Carver, and he's at the day that Coleman Carver dies, and he, he's he, he kind of like lets him die. He watches him die. He's kind of the reason he died. <laughs> Yeah, so, well, the mother kills him, correct? I guess so, but... Because I think they say that later, that, like, his mother bludgeoned him to, fe- to death. Because you see, like, a, um, like a white, a white, white like, shirt sleeve it grabs, like, a bottle, and then it hits Coleman Carver back in the back of the head, and he's dead on the floor. And just watching him talk about, like, again, the dialogue is amazing here. And uh, then he, again, goes through life and talks about how the end of the war in Vietnam and brings up the comedian shooting the woman that had the child. And then uh, he goes back to 1938 where he talks about Coleman Carver. And then 16 years later, he watches his mother bludgeon him to death and he does nothing. So it's all these times that's, that Manhattan has watched people die around him and he does nothing. He goes away from humanity. He talks about how Adrian kills millions to unite the world, 
and he allows him to walk free. He's a being of inaction and he's on course with a man of action, which is Superman. And then he says to this universe of hope, I have become the villain. And then Superman's eyes widen and that's the end of the issue. And I'm just like, oh my God. Because Superman was kind of like a coma. Yeah, that that last page though, the dialogue was perfect. Like Jeff Johns, you are the goat. You are the best comic book writer of all time. This is (laughs) this like when you said Doomsday Clock is the greatest comic of all time, I was like, whoa, whoa. And then I was like, wait a second, maybe it is. And after the session, I'm like, I think it is. (laughs) No flaw. Like I can't wait to read this all in trade. I'm kind of sick of issue one because of Project Doomsday. Oh man, I can't wait to read that and trade. Uh, just, oh, man, it's just, it's so good. It, it's, I know what you rate it, but what do you rate it? <laughs> yeah, I know ten. <laughs> One of the it best gets an issues. Eleven out of ten for me. It's, it's such a great series. Like it's, it's this, so good. It's so is, cleverly written. This issue blew my mind more than anything. I think. Yeah, like the way they explain that, like Manhattan messes with the metaverse, and that explains every reboot and like it even explains like character actions like how superman became cold in the new 52 like it's so amazing it's kind of messing with the universe every single thing ever written in dc comics except for dark Knight returns is canon (laughs) yeah 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 exactly like everything happened at one point and manhattan is the catalyst behind it and he even says like he's become the villain and i'm just like holy crap like jeff johns you are a genius oh man it's just uh he mentions at some point in this issue we really he kind of just briefly mentions it kind of like a hit or miss uh he mentions that he's back on mark because he keeps he's just traveling all around the timeline in the universe at one point he's on mars and he says he's waiting for superman on mars so yeah. i feel like next issue superman's gonna, gonna go to mars. mars yeah he's probably gonna go around he's gonna be like where is everyone he's gonna find out oh they all went to mars maybe batman tells him and he batman will be like i need you to tell him this because i don't know if they got my message he sent a message last issue that they didn't receive and superman's gonna go to mars do we do we ever find out what the message was or no not in this issue okay yeah for those who don't know last doomsday clock issue batman sent a message to the entire justice league but it said uh, me- message failed to send at the end and he just was like he looked scared batman, <laughs> had, batman had bad wi-fi and his message failed to send yeah basically oh, oh this is this is a good book this is a good book amazing. right there the, the, the complete trade i i'm pre-ordering that i'm buying like i will get it the day it comes out and i will put it on my shelf it's gonna be a beautiful hardcover all 12 issues oh can't wait put it right next to my watchman trade <laughs> gary frank i'm so sorry i didn't mean it all right i love you <laughs> all right you know what i like this better than watchman whoa yeah <laughs> well maybe it's just because dc universe you know yeah i mean i, I gotta wait till the end i gotta wait till the ending but doom the clock i mean i think it's in the running for the greatest comic of all time at the rate it's going yeah exactly like superman and batman they're my two favorite superheroes ever and they both have roles in this and it's like oh okay anyway yeah, sex like, comic it, it, it's <laughs> It acts as a sequel to Watchmen and an explanation of every move in the DC universe. Like that shouldn't work, but it does. Like Jeff Johns, this will if this doesn't win Jeff Johns and Eisner, like the Eisner awards are broken. Exactly. <laughs> Jeff Johns has never won an Eisner, and I, I feel like he's deserved it for certain stories before. But like this is the one that's got to get it for him. Like this is amazing. Of course. 
but all right uh, let's move on to a comic that's not going to make us so happy heroes in crisis number nine the finale um so we're gonna pick little bits and pieces to go out here we don't have to go over the whole comic but um i gotta ask you what do you think of the four robins confessions and what do you think of the i think it was uh four lanterns confession um i don't know (laughs) i don't know how i feel about this issue in general so with the robins ones i I felt like they were kind of weird like i I get what he's going for but like why is Tim Drake talking about, like, his other brothers, like, Damien being cute and stuff? Shouldn't he be talking about, like, a lot of the stuff that's happened to him between Rebirth? Like, you know, being kidnapped by uh, Jor-El. And he was kidnapped seeing, by an like, evil Kryptonian. Seeing, a future uh, version of himself came and started killing people. And he's yeah, like, like uh, Damien's cute and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it, it just felt like such a weird thing considering all that he's been through come on red robin like even firestorm his confession is my head is on fire i shouldn't joke this is serious i'm taking this seriously so seriously my head is on fire it's like haha that's funny tom king what about the fact that he has a living person inside of him yeah yeah like the, i don't know i feel like that could be a whole dilemma there like ugh, mm. terrible I, I just think like a lot of these confessionals were so stupid like catwoman going meow yeah, that's it. She left a man at the altar. Like, don't you think that would be some kind of thing that she would have to talk about? Yeah, and King, you wrote that. Don't say you forgot about that. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, even know, like, like so weird. I think Green Lantern, uh, Guy Gardner, Green Lantern, and Black Lightning, they have decent ones. They have good ones. I just. Guys is I, like, it should have been me right from the beginning. What was wrong with me? And Guy Gardner is kind of like that. He's stubborn. He wants to be the center of attention. So that makes sense. And Black Lightning is. I'm not from where they are. They're from, but they all expect me to be. How's that supposed to work? Black Lightning is a superhero who doesn't want to be a superhero, mm-hmm. so that makes sense. Yeah. What do you think of Hal Jordan's? <laughs> Hal Jordan's is so awful. What so, is yeah, Will? These are all. I don't know conf- what Will is. These are all confessions of like problems people have in their lives, and Hal Jordan says, "Let's be honest, right? I don't even know what the hell Will is. Do you? Damn it, Hal! You're the master of willpower." Why do you Didn't say he you make, like a whole thing of himself with willpower? Yeah, he literally. <laughs> Hal Jordan died and he blew up a planet due to willpower and came back due to willpower. He built his own ring from his willpower, and now he's saying like, he doesn't know what that is. Like, like, like I got to think Robert Venditti's reading here as a crisis. Like, what the hell did you just throw my whole run in, run in the garbage? Like, <laughs> I know what then, will is. Everyone knows what willpower means. Hell, yeah. it just means you have a lot of it. Your ring runs off the power of your feeling of willpower, and you have a lot of it. Why is he... It's like, I don't really know what the term, like, feeling hungry is. Like, what is... Like, it's a feeling. Flash is like, I don't know what speed is. It's yeah. like, God. <laughs> and then even, like... All right, so Kyle Rayner's is in Spanish, which is fine. Uh, you know, he's uh, it's part of his character, I think, introduced in the New 52. But... If you translate the Spanish, like, with the dot, dot, dot that King puts in, it, like, throws off the whole translation. So it's like they really use Google Translate, and it's, it's uh, uh, like, to a lot of native Spanish speakers, they didn't like it. And then... What does he Jessica, say? Do you, do you he, know? I had it on here. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But just while I'm looking for that, Jessica Cruz's... I just feel like there's something better. Like, hers comes off as boring, like, wanting to be in space. I feel like they could have done something way more with her, just yeah. for a character who, who really does deal with these problems... You know, I just feel like they could have done something better. Yeah, hers is sometimes I go through space for hours, 
by myself, just with the stars, then I'm happy. Maybe talk yeah. about how all your friends were murdered and while going camping. Talk yeah, about how yeah, exactly. you were possessed by Power Ring for like an entire year. Or how you stayed in your apartment for three years, like you couldn't come out. Like I, I how something. literally recently near the end of the Green Lantern's rung, her she found out her ring was stalking her at night. So she'd go to sleep, put her ring on the desk stand, and the ring would make a construct of just like a silhouette, just watch her when she sleeps. Yeah. Like, that's something that you might want to go to therapy about. But now she's like, ah, you know, I like space. <laughs> yeah, like, it's stupid to me. And I feel like, wouldn't that even fit Simon better? Like, I've only read Rage Planet of the whole Green Lanterns, but in Rage Planet, Simon brings up, like, multiple times, like, I wish I could just leave Earth and just go out into the stars and forget about the government and, you know, anyone who else who has something on me. Like, yeah, don't you feel like that would fit Simon better? <laughs> and minor spoiler for you, but Simon, he still believes that today. Like, yeah, he still so, does not like Earth. Yeah, so he mentions that in Rage Planet. So, like, I don't know. I just feel like that, that confessional probably would have fit him better. Some confessions are all right. I would mm. say um, uh, spoilers was decent, how everyone kind of forgets that she exists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is kind of accurate. Yeah, I think Ravens. Like Robin and stuff. Yeah, I think Ravens is good. Where she just says, my father loves me. Her father's like a demon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that I makes think sense. I think Supergirls is good. Having a dream of Krypton and it was nice for yeah. a bit. I think that's interesting. I think Red Tornadoes is clever because it's like a Visions reference. So I'm considering <laughs> yeah, building cool. a family. I'm like, okay, that's that's clever. Because Vision yeah, I thought, built a family. I thought Detective Chimps was kind of stupid. Like, in yeah. Justice League Dark, they've been dealing with like his alcoholism and like how it's a problem and how he feels guilty about how the deaths that he's, that he's caused, but his is about throwing poop. Like, yeah. Really? It's like, we are a monkey, we get it. <laughs> like, like, I feel like some of these King just goes for like a cheap joke and it's just like, what? Like, the Meryl one is awful. I thought the Meryl one and the Aquaman, like Aquaman, like, oh, crying about his mother, like... When has Aquaman brought up his mother? (laughs) Yeah, it's like King watched the Aquaman movie and he's like, hmm, that'll work. (laughs) Martian Manhunters is all right. Yeah. Underneath everyone's screaming, he's talking about Mars. Yeah. His whole race got burned to death. Yeah, Yeah, Mars is dumb talking about all the oceans big. It's like, okay. Yeah, like that was so stupid to me. And uh, I don't know. Katana's was all right, talking about how her says her husband's soul is in a sword. Like that, that makes sense. That makes sense why you're in therapy. Yeah, I actually like the Doctor Light one. Like after everything that yeah. happened, everything he did, I still use his damn name. Like that, that's interesting. Yeah, because Doctor Light killed people, and now there's and raped, a hero raised uh, and raped what's his name's wife, uh, Sue Dibney. Yeah, and now it's just like there's this hero using the name, trying to be good to Doctor Light, but it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, like that right. was interesting. Why didn't like this takes place at like at the end of Heroes in Crisis, where the sanctuary is back, and it's like not a murder place. Why is isn't Jason Todd talking about how his best friend Roy Harper was killed? I was I was thinking that too. <laughs> Why wasn't Dick Grayson? Because I assume this is after Dick Grayson got Nightwing back, done with Rick Grayson. Because that's gonna happen, please. Uh, why isn't he talking about how he was shot in the head and lost his memories? <laughs> yeah, I, w- I was thinking that too. That's weird. Um, but yeah, uh, after the confessionals, like a lot of them are really hit or miss. I find some of them really cringy. But um, anyway, you got the two Wallies, right? And right, the story, gold, like, right? <laughs> yeah, the story. Um, there's two Wallies, and he basically has to explain to himself, like, we, I know you made a mistake, but you know, there's nothing we can do. Like, we have to try to own up to it, and. 
you have to go back in time and whatever. Like, uh, it's very confusing just reading it. Like, the first time I, I read it, I was like, huh? Anyway, Booster Gold um, talks about, like, how he can travel in time. You just have to go on, like, a loop, and you have to go back to the five days in the past, and you have to do everything that that Wally did. So, like, the Wally from the five days in the future knows everything that's about to happen in this scene. So he's like, yeah, it was confusing when Booster Gold explained it to me, too, but I get it. And they say, like, bros before heroes, eh, kind of weak. I, I, I didn't care for it. Like, I get what King was going for. Didn't work for me. And then <laughs> Har- Harley is like, oh, wow, you brought justice, but I want to say, say something to you, Flash. I lost control, and, you know, I did some not-so-great things. People got hurt. But uh, you framed me and killed my girl and knees him in the nuts, and which is, like, basically a symbolism of what DC did to us. They uh, need us in the nuts <laughs> as Wally yeah. fans and comic fans. Uh <laughs> But yeah, and then uh, the future Wally's like, oh yeah, right, that hurts. That I don't know why that happens. That lingers. So uh, thank you, Tom King. Hilarious. Uh, so anyway, Wally goes back and uh, he waits at the sanctuary house, and Superman and Barry are right above him, like looking down as he's on his knees. And as he walks into the cell with the handcuffs on, Batman and Wonder Woman are there, and uh, Batman just like looks sad in a way and wonder woman just looks disappointed i wish they would have shown barry's face like i, I wish we could have gotten something with barry here just because i really yeah, can't imagine point. barry's reaction would be to this yeah what barry just found out while he's alive and we don't get the scene of that that's what i'm saying we just get like his body i don't know i, I feel like yeah, for, why would we waste a page on harley kneeing him in the nuts give me a page of barry and wally like a deep talk but anyway um wally goes to his prison cell and he has like a whole speech at the end which is kind of nice i think his speech at the end and he talks about how he's still running but yeah, he's in a prison cell but um question for you hunter which i talked about in our group chat but uh the logo here is wrong at the end mistake or something on purpose Oh, yeah, it's the three bolts instead of the two. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't say mistake. <laughs> okay. I just, like, Clay Man made it pretty obvious in the earlier parts of the issue that it was, like, the one lightning, and now it's more. Okay. So I feel I like it's, it's not a mistake, mistake but... I kind of like Wally symbol, how it's simple. I'm just I, the two. I do, too. But, yeah. Here's in Crisis 9. Uh, what do you think of the series, even though I know what you think of the series, and uh, what do you think of the issue? Like series in general great art great art i think superheroes and therapy is a great concept but unfortunately we didn't really get that <laughs> uh, <sighs> terrible execution should have been red hood like i said before <laughs> if they're gonna do this story <laughs> there's a lot of characters that i feel like should have been in the sanctuary in the first place and they just didn't do that because they needed it to be alive then just have them escape red hood should have been in the sanctuary jessica cruz should have been in the sanctuary like orphan should have been there yeah cassandra kane should have um there's just a few characters that should have stayed and it's just like yeah no we're not gonna do that and i guess we got them at the end all all those characters but i don't know it's a bad it's not a good story if you like looking at pretty pictures get this comic but if not i like collecting trades but i'm not gonna get this in trade i i feel bad for saying this but i don't want to support this idea (laughs) So, yeah, I give it like a four out of ten, maybe. I don't know. You say you say words. <laughs> see, to me, this is probably the worst DC event of all time. I mean, it's just 
it's just so bad it's a bad like concept and that leads to bad execution and it makes characters out of character and listen i i get that you could break down characters and build them back up i i get that's what keeps comics going if it was all happy all the time it wouldn't be good i i get that i 100 get that but this is more than breaking down a character this is like character assassination i mean what they do to wally is just despicable i mean maybe it's because he's my favorite character and i'm looking at this at that perspective but i think even if he's not your favorite character i think you gotta look at this and it's like why would they do that to him like this is awful he's a hero like i'm I'm at a loss for words but it's just like i really hate what they did with his character in the story and i really hate how this story turned out and i think it really lead like this impacts wally for decades and tom king's like oh well people are talking about wally now they haven't talked about wally in years and it's like yeah they're talking about him that he murdered his friends and placed bodies like that's not a good thing for them to be talking about <laughs> so we were talking about uh, him in 2016 when he returned that, that's a, they had a perfect story after flash war to go find the family to go find bart the missing like everyone and they just wasted it i mean they could have set him up with hunter zolomon and finding the missing family and they didn't they threw it in the trash they made him a killer and heroes in crisis and i I really just think at the end of the day it's a bad story i mean listen if you're a king fan and you love this great for you but i really just can't see how this story can be considered good I, i just this character really ruined so many characters and what what they did with the story is just it it really didn't do it for me and nine issues i mean you know, I spent nine months on this reading this book, and a lot Started of it was in September, just, yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's just a lot of this stuff is stuff that I didn't even feel was relevant to the story, and we got it anyway. And I don't know, it, it just it, it feels bad, man. It feels it feels bad. You know, man, I, yeah. I, I, I it feels bad, man. Identity Crisis has gone down like for years about being like one of the worst DC books, and I really think Heroes in Crisis is going to do that, and. You know, it really sucks for people who liked Roy Harper and you know, people who like some of these characters. Some of these people who liked characters who died and fear yeah, Wally like fans. this isn't just Wally fans that are mad. This is superhero fans. This is Roy Harper fans. Like I was talking to a Roy Harper fan just today who said, Well, at least Wally's alive. It's like Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's a good point. Roy's gone. But at the same time at the same time, like now his character for the next I mean, at least the next decade is gonna be impacted by this and it's just like this is such a crappy foundation to build off of. Like, like I was saying before, it's really going to take a great writer to back him out of this corner because it, it, it's tough. It's like killing the entire Green Lantern corpse, but this one can't be explained by Parallax. So. Like, make make something to... I don't care if it's cheesy. Just make a way to make Wally a hero again. Like, keep in mind, John Stewart, he blew up a planet by accident in the 90s, I believe. Yeah. And it sucked. But there was a reason it happened. And they explained, like, oh, there's villains that actually, like, I think they messed with his ring or something. So it wasn't actually Jon Stewart. But he still lives with that. Like, he lives knowing that, like, people are dead because he was in a, that area at that time. So. I, Yeah, I mean, I think they could do something like that with Wally. It's just, it's going to be tough for a while to try to, to, try to do it. It's hard because you know, Wally. I, I think they can make him live with the guilt of it happening. And I think that could always be, like something to be like kind of mental health in his head like you know what i mean but yeah like john stewart does have like problems because he doesn't blame himself like he's not saying like i killed those people he just says like i was in the wrong place at the wrong time and because of that people are dead and this is kind of like 
like um, somebody that comes back from war that you know may have accidentally killed innocents, right? And it wasn't on purpose, but it happened, it's, and they have to live with that PTSD for the rest of their life. This could be that for Wally West, but it's even deeper because one of them was his friend, you know, like one of them was his teammate, one of them was the kid, the guy that he knows since he's a kid, but. He has to live with that. He has to live with the guilt of it, and he has to try to become a better hero from it. But if you don't give him a solo series, I just don't see how his character will develop. And I'm really scared that they're just going to throw him in the Suicide Squad, and it's just not going to be good. <sighs> yeah, hope not. Suicide Squad doesn't have a book right now, so. But but there's talks that they're going to be getting a book again. Like I feel like it's been mentioned multiple times. And... I'd be okay with that if Wally's not involved. Su <laughs> <laughs> so, New Fifty Two Suicide Squad had two books, and the second one was awesome, but. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, what do you rate <laughs> the series? Cast. I rated it. Your turn. <laughs> oh God. Um, two out of ten. I, I I think the art is awesome. Like I can't say enough about the art. Clayman is awesome, but when the Even writing's Mitch. not there for you, I can't you know rely on the art. You know, I can't rate All Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder High, right? Because oh yeah, that's awful. that's a good so, comparison. You know, the art's yeah. great. So it's pretty to look at but it's not pretty when when you look very far and look into the words <laughs> yeah we'll move on in a second but really quick yeah. i think tom king he wants to make these controversial stories he wants to make these deep stories with emotional impact and it works in some cases it works for vision it works for mr miracle it works for minor characters but when you're dealing with wally west when you're dealing with batman you gotta realize that these characters are loved by way more people like there's more batman fans in the world than there are vision fans you could do these crazy dark things with Vision where, like, he creates a family that ends up killing people or, like, he's a... Mr. Miracle is, like, a, hates his life kind of thing. But you can't really do that with Batman and Flash. Like, Mr. Miracle is, isn't, like, everyone's favorite hero. People look up to Batman. People look up to the Flash. But when you make him like this, it's hard to appreciate it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, anyways, I, I, totally I thought of that earlier. I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's good. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, Heroes in Crisis. Uh, good thing it's done, but we'll see what the future of Wally West holds. And Tom King says character. it'll be good, but Tom King also said Heroes in Crisis would be good. So. Yeah, I mean, I think Tom King actually issued a statement the other day about uh, Wally, where he said um, Tom King's promise is that Wally West is primed for big things after Heroes in Crisis, but. I don't know. I mean, he's also talked about like how Dick Grayson is the fourth pillar of the DCU. So he also shot him in the head. So, <laughs> yeah. You know. Anyway, uh, uh, enough with the Tom King talking. Enough, enough with the Tom King slander and enough of the uh, Heroes in Crisis. Let's move on to Batman: Last Night on Earth, number one. This is a comic that I really liked. Uh, so this Me too. is, as Hunter mentioned, very like an hour ago <laughs> um, about. This is Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, the creative team behind New 52 Batman. Uh, it is their last Batman story together, quote-unquote last, because I feel like if, when this does well, it'll get a sequel, but we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see. it's basically it's a non-canon story set in the future, and it's DC Black Label, which means got to be 18-plus to get this book. <laughs> Imagine getting ID'd for it. <laughs> oh, well, I'm kind of. I know my comic. I've been going to the same comic store for like seven years, so yeah. I didn't have to get IDs. So. <laughs> but yeah, you do have to show ID if you're like young to buy this book. That's crazy, because there's, there's squares. Like the last DC Black Label book was Batman Damned. You saw Batman Stick in it. So yeah. this one you don't see is Dick, but there are some swears in it and some dark scenes. So yeah. Um. So this is a weird story because Batman is 
in Arkham Asylum. So it starts out with Batman, and uh, he's driving the Batmobile, and he sees a kid under an umbrella. Beautiful and, uh, art, by the way. Like this beautiful is art. This beautiful, one beautiful page art. is like the second and it's like the third and fourth page, and it's like just Batman staying in the rain. And there's this kid with an umbrella in the rain, and it's just like Greg Capullo's best work, I think. Just the lighting of the rain bouncing off the yeah. Batman's cowl and the umbrella and the streets, and like he clearly beautiful. really took his time on this. Like, it's, oh yeah. <laughs> and when he sees the kid, he says, "My God!" And it's like a like a zombie Bruce Wayne. <laughs> it's like Bruce Wayne, but like he doesn't have any pupils. And it's creepy yeah, looking. Said, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They said like his face is like rotted, like it's it's gross. Uh, but then the kid pulls a gun on Bruce and he shoots, boom! And then all of a sudden, when we see now we got a bright scene where it's Bruce's eye and he's in a mental hospital and his doctor has a huge smile on his face because he looks a lot like the Joker. It's not well. It could be the Joker, but it's like Joker's facial features, but not pale and no green hair. He has brown hair. First off, yeah, I just want to say what the dialogue guy. is really good in this. Like when, uh, because Alfred's always in Batman's ear, and when the kid pulls the gun, Alfred goes like, "Sir, he's armed." Bruce, move! Bruce, now, Bruce, move! And then the gunfire goes off. I, I thought that was really yeah. good. It was emotional. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Bruce and this doctor are uh, going back and forth a little bit, and Bruce is like. No, I know, I know who you are. You're, you're, you're joke. Like he thinks he's Joker, and he thinks he's Batman. Like, let me out. And uh, yeah, so he's like strapped up to the bed, and we see Alfred come in, and Bruce, and Alfred's like, Bruce, is that, is that really you? And the doctor's name is Doctor Hood. So interesting. Uh, but apparently, Bruce has been in this Arkham Asylum for like twenty five years, right? Yep, something like that, like twenty, twenty or twenty five years. Tw- oh yeah, it's twenty five. Yeah. Right. And and um, when Alfred pulls like a curtain, you see a bunch of people in the back. One who looks like the Penguin. Yeah, he's like a little short, chubby guy with a monocle. And you see a guy with uh, red hair and a green shirt, and he kind of looks like the Riddler. And I guess the other one's supposed to be Harley Quinn in the back. And yeah, you see guys like, like various, Bane. Yeah, so it's like various people in the in Arkham, like doctors and workers and stuff, that are like the Batman Rogues Gallery. Now, if you use the internet you've probably heard about like people who have come up with a story like oh what if batman was a patient in arkham asylum and uh his oh, doctor yeah. was not dr joker and you know uh yeah. the, guard, the guard was uh harvey dent who when in front of people is nice to him but when behind closed doors like beats him like a two-face it's kind of like that story like finally coming to comics which it was always an interesting concept to me and now it's like kind of like that yeah uh, like and- even batman starts questioning it's like how do I know how to fight? It's like, oh, your your physical trainer, like Doctor Bane. Yeah. It's like it's like yeah. how do I know all these languages? It's like you spend a lot you spend a lot of time in the library with uh, the librarian, Mister Agul. So, yeah, yeah, that was kind of cool. And um, he's like, no, this must be like Mad Hatter or or Scarecrow. They did this, uh, but they inject him. They put him down, like you know, to sleep. And uh, he wakes up in like a padded cell. And um, he like there's like a little hole in the wall, and he pulls out a little penny and a little dinosaur. And I, that made me like 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 holy like I kind of like gasped like holy crap because <laughs> like, there's amazing. a giant penny, a giant dinosaur in the back cave. Yeah, like this is amazing. I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. Like I had a smile on my ears, and he's like, that's clever. And uh, him and Alfred are at a table now, and uh, it's interesting seeing them go back and forth, but he's like, uh, Bruce, you need to take a look. And it's like um, a, a W, like, like it looks like a knapsack, like a... Um, it's a straight jacket. 
Yeah, straight jacket, I mean. And uh, it's got like a Batman mask and, and a W on it for Wayne. Because uh, the Wayne, after Bruce was in there, the Wayne's bought Arkham Asylum. Yeah. But the mask is Fair like, enough. it's made of like leather and belts. It kind of looks yeah. like something that a sane person would strap it, yeah, on. It, it, it looks like a 1930s like football helmet, if you like like old football. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Bruce says that he's going to need it right now. And he puts it on and... Now he's fighting his way through the asylum. He's making his way up the floors. And we see that uh, both Harvey Bullock and Jim Gordon are like guards at Arkham Asylum. So it's like more of like Batman's gallery. And they're all like here in the asylum. Yeah, he took and, like a uh, bat, like a, like a hit bat, <laughs> not an actual bat from Harvey Bullock. He took boots from Jim Gordon to put on. Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting. Uh, then Bruce is with Alfred and. Um, Alfred's kind of talking, but um, he notices that Alfred is older through, like, his pulse. And uh, Alfred, like, touches, like, his face and, like, the technology, like, makes him, like, use... Uh, it makes his real face. And it's, it's like, the mask. way older, Alfred. I don't know how to explain... If you've read Court of Owls, the start of Court of Owls has uh, Batman and Joker working together. But you find out there's this technology on Joker to have it just look like Joker. It was actually Nightwing in disguise so it's that technology where it just makes you look different yeah yeah exactly so uh it's a much older alfred and he says that he's sorry and bruce is like it's good to see you old friend and um like they kind of like talk like it's like a nice like cute back and forth moment where he's like what gave it away uh but anyway um bruce makes his way out of it and he's like in a desert like he he because yeah alfred said Alfred's like, there's no Gotham out there. It's nothing. Everything's gone. Yeah. And I was like, what? And then he's like, yeah. and then uh, the last thing Alfred says is like, I'll tell you if you want, but it'll upset you. You want to leave after. So first, a favor for an old friend, an old man. And Bruce says anything. And he says, let me hold you one last time. Let me yeah. hold the boy I love. And they hug. Yeah. It's like really nice moments between them. And I, I think Scott Snyder wrote that really well. Uh, but anyway, when Bruce makes his way to the surface, um, he's like walking through a desert and he sees a lantern and it's got Joker's head in it. <laughs> he's like, what the? And Joker's like, who's there? And him and like Joker kind of go back and forth a little bit. And Joker's like really like making a lot of jokes and stuff. And it actually like this Joker kind of reminded me of Tony S. Daniels Joker from uh, the oh, comics in the New 52. Yeah, kind of. So, it, uh, I think Snyder wrote a really good Joker. Yeah, so uh, he's taking the lantern of Joker, and it makes for some really comical moments. And it's Batman and Noggin. <laughs> Joker says so. they gotta leave soon because there's lightning in the sky, but it's not regular lightning. It's a speed force. Speed storm. force. Yeah, it's interesting. So I was like, oh, Williamson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the science. Uh, anyway, they go to Coast City, which is uh, Green Lantern not City. looking like Coast City, but uh, Mogo is there, and Mogo looks like dead. Mogo's and- uh, the Green Lantern planet, just floating in the sky. Yeah, it was leached to death by Brainiac, so pretty interesting. Uh, and then there's, like, Green Lantern construct babies that are, like, 40 feet tall, and they're attacking Batman. Joker explained uh, when Mogo died, all the lantern rings just fell to Earth for anyone to grab. Yeah, so, so that's why the lantern babies are attacking Bruce. Uh, but Bruce is grabbed by a woman and brought into, like, a little... Portal? But yeah, yeah. I was going to say portal, but I don't know if that's the right word, but portal. And uh, we see, like, Poison Ivy and... They're like, oh my god, you're the real Batman, aren't you? And uh, then uh, Pamela, uh, Poison Ivy, like knocks him out with a like a stick. Yeah, and, the woman um, is Vixen too. Yeah, 
And then um, it's funny when when they got to this world, um, I was like, "Whoa, this world kind of looks familiar." It's like from the same as Young Justice, the gem world. It is, yeah. Which I was, which I was like, "Oh crap!" Because I was like, "It kind of looks like it with a purple background." But um, Bruce sees the new Amazons, which includes Supergirl, Poison Ivy, uh, Wonder Donna Woman, Troy. Donna Troy, and Vixen. Vixen, Vixen, yeah. And uh, Wonder Woman's got like a mohawk and shaved on the sides. It's kind of scary looking. <laughs> and she wears Doctor um, Fate's helmet. Yeah, which is kind of cool, but it's but, just like a hel- like a regular helmet now. It's not like magical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she says that there's no Doctor Fate anymore, just like there's no Batman and there's no Wonder Woman. And uh, her and Bruce talk for a while, and she kind of explains what's been going on and why they're in the gem world. And um, yeah, it, it's pretty interesting. Like the Hall of Justice is down there, like what's left of it. And yeah. uh, she explains like how everything went down, I guess. It's, yeah, basically, like, Luther warned everyone that something was going to happen, that evil was going to attack, and yeah. the people kind of ended up going on this huge riots everywhere, and Darkseid died, and a lot of things yeah. happened, eventually the world ended. <laughs> and yeah. uh, Batman made this machine, so if he dies, he'd be reborn. So every few, every, like, 100 years or so, there'd be a new Batman to help protect the world. And one yeah. of them went off, and that's where this Bruce Wayne comes in. This Bruce yeah. Wayne was activated by that machine to be the new Batman, having old Batman's memories, but younger again. He looks like Batman Year One, New Fifty Two Batman with like kind of the shaved sides and stuff. Yeah, the zero year. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, but yeah, she brings out like a new Batman suit, which uh, has like the Rebirth logo and like a, a better helmet. And um, she says like, "I I save this for you, but uh, I'd like you to come with us to the underworld. We're gonna bring all the people of Earth." to hades because they'll be safe there they don't have to deal with the problems of the world and uh bruce is like there with a kid and the kid uh it's like a nice little moment he's like how do you see in the dark because i'm scared it's gonna be dark down there like where they're going and uh just him and bruce are like oh well uh he explains that like bats don't actually see in the dark they just use sound and that's how they're able to see so uh he's like let's use our echoes ready and the kid's like i don't think we're supposed to do this he's like ah let's do it anyway and uh, they're like, hello, and like the echoes go out. And uh, yeah, it's, like, it's like a nice little moment. Uh, but he eventually leaves with the new bat suit, and he the leaves with his suit. Joker lantern. <laughs> yeah, with a rebirth suit. And it's like a nice silhouette that looks just like the cover. And uh, he says, uh, Joker says, and so with that, we set out for parts unknown, Batman and I, and one last advent- on one last adventure together. And that's where the issue ends. And the cover of the next issue is, uh, Bane with Scarecrow with like very long fingers on his back and it's really scary looking. Good job, Greg Capullo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of reminds me of Mr. Bloom. Mr. Bloom, yeah. In a way. Yeah, Mr. Bloom in a way. I was thinking the same thing. So, really cool. Yeah. Um, good issue. Really good issue. This is only going to be a three issue event. I like it so far. I, I really miss Batman New 52. But yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, a good, like, apocalyptic like vibe. For me. It's like one of the first, like, bad titles I actually read, like, consecutively, I guess. So Yeah, me too. It makes me very nostalgic. And, it, you know, it's when we were first starting it, like, our way into comics. So it has that kind of aspect for us. For sure. So, yeah, I give really it, like, nice a nine, honestly. Yeah, I'm going to give it a nine as well. I really enjoyed it, and I'm excited for the next one. I was a little worried because, you know, the Batman Who Last has been disappointing me so much, but... This was actually interesting, and good job, it Snyder. It does make me nervous that they, really good. they Wonder Woman has a theory in this comic where she thinks the world ended because of one of the Bruce Waynes that spawned from Batman's machine. 
like yeah. oh god not another evil batman by snyder <laughs> but, i hope that's not uh, the case though it's good and it's really good to see greg pool art again like yeah, I, I really miss him on art so it's been good uh but yeah all right let's go on to uh superman leviathan rising number one this was an 80 page special cost ten dollars oh so expensive it looks like a, like a little trade i even made a comparison video on my instagram story where like i compared it to one of my small trades and it looks just like it so really interesting but uh <clears throat> so superman leviathan rising um we see like the justice league in front of a big newspaper from the daily planet saying clark can't kidnapped and now we get the story of this so a uh, little Easter egg right off the uh, rip. Uh, one of the the district is called the New Donner District. I'm assuming named after Richard Donner, the director of the first Superman movie. So really cool, the like Christopher Reeve Superman movie. Yep. Um, but anyway, uh, Clark is going. And so, uh, sorry. Even before that, um, we got a little reference to uh, New Fifty Two, like Grayson, right? Because they're using like the spiral technology. If I'm not mistaken, that could like change your face and like make it all blurry and stuff. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it was just. Or was like, this not spiral? Was this someone else? The, well, uh, it's, I it was I'm spiral, pretty sure but. it is. You know, it is spiral who made that technology. Yeah. Yeah. It makes your face kind of blurry, so then if you look at someone, you kind of like as soon as they leave the room, you forget what they look like. Yeah. There's still a face, uh, but, but it's just hard to focus on it. Yeah, but anyway, it's this guy <clears throat> talking to uh, this woman. This woman who's been in Action Comics. She is. Uh, the new owner of the Daily Planet, and she's been working with the Red Cloud and making things happen. So interesting. Um, her and this guy kind of go back and forth, and she thinks he's Leviathan, and he's not really like letting anything out. But he talks about uh, getting rid of Superman and where everyone else has failed, and that's where he's going to succeed. And it, it's an interesting back and forth between them. There's like, like uh, Bendis is known for doing like a lot of speech bubbles on one page, and this does that a lot <laughs> but yeah um, it, it's some interesting dialogue back and forth but anyway um in the daily planet um there's also like a nice little back and forth between perry white jimmy olsen uh oh i can't remember her name uh something good new girl <laughs> <laughs> the, the the new girl who is the red cloud if i'm not mistaken yeah um, she's supposedly the red cloud it's something good i can't remember her name but uh <laughs> i can't remember her yeah, name either she's a reporter and, yeah and clark um so oh, I just noticed on, on the Red Cloud's screen, she's looking at the explosion Luther set off and you're the villain. Yeah, yeah. So, kind of an, I didn't even notice that the first time I read that. That's actually interesting. Um, but anyway, uh, Perry's talking to her and like he compares her to Lois Lane and um, like she gets hung up on. And she's like, they went, and Perry goes, they wouldn't have hung up on Lois Lane. And Clark's like kind of defending her, like, of course they would have. So uh, it's a nice little like back and forth. Like I always like the inside of the Daily Planet. I think it's interesting. Anyway, yeah. Superman has to uh, Clark has to go and be Superman, and he faces off against uh, Mongol, if I'm not mistaken, yep. who was in a recent Superman issue, right? Like where he just punched Bendis Mongol out of nowhere. Extra character, <laughs> yeah. Like, whenever he needs Superman to punch somebody, he has Mongol show up. Um, it's yeah, kind of cool Mongol. in the Daily Planet. You see in the background, uh, Clark. He's like, he like looks to the side, takes off his glasses, and walks away, and then they Perry turns around. He's like, "Where's Clark?" <laughs> yeah, where, like, yeah, where's Kent? <laughs> Yeah, um, but him and Mongol kind of go back and forth and exchange a few punches. Uh, and all while this is happening, we're still getting conversation between the owner of the Daily Planet and the mystery man who's blurring his face. Um, 
Cut to Superman so, going to Lois, who is yeah, living yeah. in like a secret well, apartment. Even before that, we got some like great pages of Superman in the air. But yeah, when he goes to Lois, uh, Lois is of course chewing on a pencil and typing. Tack 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 tack. Yeah, for tack, those who don't know that she's living in a secret apartment, so no one knows where she lives because she's doing yeah. secret reporter stuff. Yeah, in a hotel in Chicago, um, and Clark is like looking at his apartment with his you know supervision, and he's like, "Yeah, there's men in my apartment. They're waiting to kidnap me." And I was like, like oh. "What? <laughs> yeah, like, we're gonna oh. kidnap you, not me, huh?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, he even brings up Young Justice, which is another Bendis title, of course. And uh, anyway, um, he's like, "Yeah, I think I'm gonna go through with it. I think there's a story there." So that's something like <laughs> like Lois would do. So it's interesting to see Clark do that. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's just like. That. I, I don't think they're here for Superman. I think they're just looking to kidnap Clark Kent. I'm yeah. going to do that. <laughs> and he like puts yeah. on a Clark Kent's clothes and like, I'm going to go get kidnapped. Yeah. Be right back, hon. <laughs> yeah, and I, I really love the back and forth. Like, I know a lot of people don't like Bendis' Lois, but I, I really like the back and forth that he uh, portrays here. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Lois is like, hey, baby, um, when you're in the kidnapping, sometimes when you're acting it, it looks like you're acting. Try to be more yeah, in the like moment. He's, <laughs> he's like, what? I, I could act. <laughs> Yeah, so when the, uh, he goes into his, his apartment and he yawns, and then the men surround him, and they're like Clark Kent. He's like, ah, like he's right over. At- <laughs> they they give and him like a little tiny taser, and he just screams, oh god, <laughs> falls to the ground. And, the, and they're like, what is he doing? I, I've never been hit with one of these, but I hit him again, and he's like, on the ground. <laughs> he's just like, like don't. I have a. <laughs> and then he passes out oh my god it's so like it's so stupid but it's so funny anyway he's in a room and uh talia agul comes up on him and um basically the reason they kidnapped clark kent is to get to superman shocker shocker and uh but they don't he doesn't have his glasses on so he looks like superman and they're like uh can you get my glasses i get migraine so talia puts his glasses on him and uh yeah, they, they decide that they're going to use him as bait for Superman, but since he's going to be bait for Superman, they put a kryptonite vest on him. But that's not good because, well, Clark is going to be affected by kryptonite. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it makes for some interesting scenes, like, where he's feeling the effects of kryptonite, and he's, like, coughing and stuff. And uh, Lois is at her hotel, and... She's um, going to get suspicious. Yeah, yeah, she calls Clark's uh, phone number, and she gets his voicemail, and she's like, yeah, you're even polite in your voicemail. <laughs> um then she calls batman <laughs> yeah she call, she calls in batman like through a su- secret super secret thing and batman's like this must be like an emergency if you're calling me and uh she's like trust me it is and um she wants batman to find clark because he shouldn't be gone for this long especially for the story and uh her and wonder woman have a nice scene where wonder woman's like if, if anyone knows like if anyone has the authority to declare when superman needs help it's of course with you lois so i, I like that and uh, yeah, basically the Justice League is on it. I really like the art here too. I'm not sure who's on the art for these panels, but it's really cool looking. Like it reminds me of like an early 2000s comic, and I love the way they do Batman suit with like the blue tint. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It is. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of like yeah, kind of like the end of the Lois story is like I need to find Clark Kent, and then uh, we move on to a Jimmy Olsen story. Um, Jimmy, weird. It, it's weird, but it's th- that's what the Jimmy series is going to be like. Like I already know this is Matt Fraction's kind of style, and this is like what Bendis has been building with Jimmy. So um, to make a long story kind of short, he's in Gorilla City. He slept with a girl and got married to her uh, because of Gorilla Champagne. And um, yeah, it's kind of like one night stand, but she appears to be like a villain. And uh, she's like, yeah, you're gonna have to get this nullified. So uh, work on that. And um, she leaves and like tosses him like the ring and all that. And uh, he is, uh, there's like a cat in the, um in his bathroom and 
he's like good kitty and then it like tears up all his clothes and it's like going all wild he's like it like yells him like meow and like beats him up it's like really weird art while he's like screaming the whole time <laughs> uh but anyway like his whole hotel room is torn up because of it and uh the cat's on the bed and it starts to have like a bit of a hairball but instead of having a hairball it just coughs up like an immense amount of blood like like a pool of blood and uh, it gets all over Jimmy and makes him all red. And uh, he goes to his watch and to go hit the like Superman signal, but he's not answering. So then this like connects to where the Lois story where he te- where he texts Lois and he's like, "Hey, can I borrow ten thousand dollars?" And she's like, "No. Have you seen Clark?" And uh, Jimmy's like about to ask him the same, <laughs> and she's like, "He's not gonna give you the money, Jimmy." So uh, he picks up the cat who's like sleeping in the pool of blood, and he's like, "We gotta go save Superman." So I'm th- that was weird but yeah, the cat is uh dick star the red yeah, lantern cat the red, yeah the red lantern so that, that explains all the why blood. is yeah. dick star here though i i i don't know red lanterns is... have the power to like spew blood except they kind of ignore the fact that they spew boiling hot blood that like burns skin i guess yeah. dick star doesn't and they yeah. they're they are a lantern so yeah it's and weird. then uh actually i just realized i didn't really read the last story like i kind of skimmed through it and then i didn't really pay attention so okay. hunter you might have to recap this one <laughs> uh supergirl finds an explosion uh destroyed house flashback to uh eat stuff <laughs> and then she's like going over this destroyed house and she's having flashbacks to like people arguing and then she's like oh this house is destroyed that's so weird and then she has the flashbacks to her, like her working for the DEO, I think it's called, the little agency that she works for. And it's just a lot of flashbacks setting up, like, a Supergirl series. Okay. More of her, like, looking, and then you see the someone spying on her who's, like, I don't know who this superhero is or supervillain. It's, I think it might be one of Bendis' own characters, but she has a cool design. Mm. Uh, you have flashbacks to, like, a figure appearing in the agency. Supergirl's not there, but it looks like Doomsday. It's like a silhouette, but it's like kind of doomsday silhouette. And yeah, that's not, not much happens. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then you get more Clark like getting hit with the kryptonite, and then eventually uh, he gets saved by Firestorm for some reason. Uh, <laughs> Lois Lane dressed as Talia al Ghul for some reason. Uh, Jimmy Olsen in a gorilla suit and Dexter, they save him. And yeah. he just got like really rushed and weird at the end. Okay. He, basically he gets saved and then it ends with Leviathan who's the new Leviathan. villain yeah Leviathan. whatever in a blimp <laughs> and he's like Talia al Ghul you failed your job you will die it throws her off the ship she falls Superman catches her but then people are wondering who this character is Leviathan whatever Leviathan who is um, your theory of who Leviathan is I've seen some theories that it's Roy I've seen some theories that it's Jason I think it's Jason Todd, the Red Hood. I want it to be the Red Hood. I think that would add a lot to his character. But it could just be one of Bendis' original characters. So, <laughs> I mm-hmm. don't think it's Roy. Okay. I, I've i seen some theories on why it could be Roy. And, I, I mean, I think they're kind of interesting. So It's just mm-hmm. people think it's like Roy or Jason because his personality seems kind of young. Mm-hmm. So, like, he doesn't, he's not like... A Darth Vader villain where he's like, I will destroy you all. He's just like, hey, man, you failed your job. I'm going to have to kill you because of that. Sorry, that's just business. So, yeah, he's like a definitely like a younger character, like Red Hood or Arsenal. So, yeah, he wears red. So, <laughs> I don't know. 
It was an alright series. I like the whole Clark getting kidnapped. I thought that was hilarious. But besides that, it was like, eh, you know, it was okay. I yeah. give it like a 7. Okay. Yeah, I'm probably around there too. I mean, it was it was interesting. It's a good setup, but... Yeah. <laughs> this is right, this uh, the comics. Yeah, that's the comics. And I guess that's kind of the episode. But yeah. uh, we'll do like a little like thank you for... Uh, I mean, I know I mentioned it before a little bit, but we really are grateful that, you know... People listen to our thoughts on comics. I mean, who are we? We're just, you know, two guys who run a comic book account, uh, run comic book accounts. Yeah. <laughs> you guys care about our opinion for some reason, and we love it. Yeah, thanks. Uh, making, making, making the podcast is pretty awesome. You know, it's it's been a lot of fun, uh, and it never really feels like work. I mean, maybe not for me because I don't do the technology side, but um, <laughs> it's just, no, it's not you know, it, it always feels like fun and it's just nice to kind of, you know, whether we're ranting about comics and bitching about Tom King or whether Shady we're talking crying about, awesome. about, about uh, Heroes <laughs> like in Crisis. Or like we're talking about how awesome Jeff Johns is. It's just awesome to be able to talk comics and um, even like I, I personally listen to the podcast even though I record it and I know what I'm going to say. Like I, I still think it's fun to listen to and kind of just like talk yeah, all things comics and listen to all things comics even just superheroes in general like we review movies on here next week dark phoenix comes out we might be reviewing that oh god i forgot that was coming out next week <laughs> well we might be reviewing that next week so yeah we talk about like just superheroes in general are passions of ours like they're our lives so yeah it's great to share our opinion thank you for joining us for 50 episodes and yeah to 50 more yeah, Clink. whether you whether you've been with us from the first episode or whether you came along somewhere along the way or maybe this is your first episode, uh, thanks for you know being here for us. And this is like a really long episode, but actually some people DM me saying, "Hey, I love the long episodes." So yeah, I've had a few yeah, DMs like that too. <laughs> Usually, we'll probably stick to the hour long episodes. Yeah, for the most part, but yeah. you know, seventy five will episode seventy five will happen soon, and like six months from now, so. We'll talk about Doomsday Clock number 11 then, and it'll be a visual <laughs> episode. Yeah, but uh, hopefully, you know, we'll get some comic writers on in the future, and we'll get some Instagram guests, and, you know, it's just a good time. It's it's, just guess it's in a general. good podcast, and it's fun to run. And If you guys have suge- suggestions for us, like, feel free to message us. I'd love to do, like, a cosplay episode, maybe, where we have some cosplays co- cosplayers come on and talk about superhero stuff and what influenced them. I'd love to do more Q&As. I'd love to do more just talking about comics i guess yeah. it's every episode <laughs> yeah. yeah no but it is it is awesome just like uh i love the episodes where we have like you know we talk a lot of comics i just i i kind of love that and uh you know today was one of those episodes that you know I, I think about and i'm like wow i really liked recording that like it's been an hour and 52 minutes already and it really feels Damn. like it's gone by so quick it's just me and hunter going back and forth you know talking about superheroes and it's fun <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah, so, we'll uh, we'll be back next week. No plans on stopping anytime soon. Uh, yeah. yeah, feel free to like us on everything. Yeah, <laughs> if you're yeah, follow wherever you're listening. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, we appreciate a five star review. It does help with the rankings. And uh, yeah, thanks for the support uh, for a hero story. I'm JD. I'm Hunter, and thanks for being a hero for fifty episodes. And remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye. Bye.